everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. Honestly, I'm feeling lazy, so just play, like, the, the life as we know it theme under here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good name. Latoya, and we watched, as the formerly mentioned in our previous episodes, Black Sash. Black Sash. The pilot and a little bit more, because it really only lasted six episodes, uh, TV show starring Russell Wong, Missy Peregrine, Ray J, Corey Sevier, among others. Uh, it was short-lived on WB. We have the including interstitials of Welcome to the WB, and it's a fresh episode. On the big comes. Sunday. It actually says fresh episode. This is like pre-fresh episodes but it's a uh let's let's be as straightforward as we can about describing this show because i think the easy way to say it, like it's a show about karate but that's what the joke well, it, it. it's, it's not karate martial it's arts. martial arts yes it's martial arts they're very specific about the differences there's a lot of tai chi going on it's very nice um so basically it's a show created by and partly like written and ep'd by uh robert mark Kamen. Um, who, who, if you don't know him, you probably know his work without realizing it. His writing credit is insane, everything. It's, he's one of the most prolific, um, martial arts film creators and producers in Hollywood, I would say. At least, like, in terms of commercial success. So, just to give you a brief overrun of what he's done, um, not only did he start with, his first screenplay was Taps, which is crazy. Um, but then he's done all of the Karate Kids, part one, part two, part three, and I believe... And the next Karate, Karate Kid, Kid, he wrote that well. too. Exactly. Um, and then he also did uh, the TV, the short-lived TV sh- series for that. Uh, Lethal Weapon 3. Yep, because uh, Jet Li is in that one. Kiss of the Dragon, The Transporter, Transporter 2, Taken, Taken 2, <laughs> Columbiana. Uh, like, it goes on and on. Right now he's, uh, he's getting, you know, producer credits for Cobra Kai on YouTube, but... Generally speaking, he is, and he's, I think he's going to produce the, t- the Taken to series. He already did, because that's already over, but already yeah. Because yeah. that's like, it, that. cause it's based on his characters. And, and then he co-wrote this with someone whose only credit was this and Agent Cody Banks too, in terms of writing. <laughs> it was like a producer mostly, but yeah, they wrote that. It's insane. But, so I don't know how much actual involvement he has in some of these productions anymore, because obviously a lot of those are like his based on characters created by. So, like, for all we know, he stopped doing things after, like, Colombiana or whatever. But he certainly has, you know, done a ton of mm-hmm. um, martial arts-centric films. Whether or not they're actually involving well, full-on combat, he definitely has characters that are, like, you know... Yeah. Uh, I guess you could call it looks them all like, basically vigilantes. Yeah. It looks like he wrote uh, Angel Has Fallen, which I think is the next Gerard Butler movie in that series, so... He stays working. Angel has Jesus. What? What's the angel in this scenario? I don't know. <laughs> now he's saving God. <laughs> yeah, like, I. so for, for those of you who don't know, Latoya's referring to the, uh, what, what was it? Uh, Olympus has fallen, and then there was London has fallen, yeah. and now there is Angel has fallen. How could you escalate? So I imagine <laughs> I didn't see those. I'm a, uh, of course, I'm a White House down uh, stand. <laughs> Justice for White House down. 
Yes. But I assume it was the first one was, like, that White House Dan was the president. Yeah. And then, obviously, London's fall was probably the prime minister or, like, the queen or something. And now this one is okay. question mark? Angel's Fall is a terrorist attack on Air Force One. They're doing this in a plane, baby. <sighs> Which is the same thing yeah. as the first one. Just in a plane, though. Also, like, Air Force One exists. Just watch Air Force One. Although, oh, God, Piper Parabo's in this movie. I'm sorry, Golden Globe oh, nominee no. Piper Parabo. Oh, I don't want to put money back in uh, pockets of some people in Air Force One. So I guess this is now the, the successor to Air Force One Legion. But anyway, so I just, uh, he's definitely, Mark, uh, Robert Mark Kamen is, like, well-known for action, uh, like, super suspenseful action movies, generally. So he definitely, you can see his influence on this. But generally speaking, it's basically just a uh, coming-of-age drama mm-hmm. about people trying to survive trauma. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of trauma. Arts. There's a lot of trauma and then Ray J. Tra- traumatized. Yeah. Um, or as I would like to suggest the show is basically to be vision. this is the B-sides of what Buffy would look like without Buffy having power. Wow, see, <laughs> I'm saying it's literally just uh, higher ground, but with martial arts. I did not see higher ground, so that's probably... <laughs> or, or did I see higher ground? I feel like... How dare you disrespect young Aiden Christensen like this? Uh, oh, that's why I know it. I think we talked about it. Yes, we've before. definitely oh talked God. about this. <laughs> We've definitely talked about it. So you're like, you've talked to me more than an hour. We've definitely talked (laughs) (laughs) But so, like, it truly is. Like, I only say, like, it's like her and Giles, basically. Like, all those, like, scenes from, like, Once More the Feeling or, like, early season five where he's training her in order to, like, you know, take down the uh, glory or whatever. Uh, It's all just, like, them in a room practicing Tai Chi and... Like, what if we were fighting, but we're not actually fighting? Because, like, a lot of this is actually really in- instructive martial arts. Because, you know, on some shows, when they're all like, let's all flip each other. That's not how martial arts is. I'm not super well-versed in it myself. But, like, having seen people practice it in real life, it's not really, like, a ton of people flipping each other all the time. Like, a lot of martial arts is just visualizing what would happen training yourself for, like, what moves to make and that kind of stuff. So, it's actually pretty realistic, I think. And we'll get into it, but I feel like the fight scenes are actually very well choreographed uh, for a TV I think, show. I think so, too, but I, I do feel like they're, all of a sudden, after taking, like, a, a class, they, they are getting very good at this stuff. Well, I would say <laughs> well, it's strange because Peregrine is very good at this stuff, because well, there's not the much is, she can't do, in my but opinion. But Ray J is also supposed to be, like, the one who's been doing this, like, since he was a kid, and he was, he was, uh, he was Tom's first student, I'm just like, I don't believe that at all. No, and it's, that part's really confusing, because it makes sense in those moments for him to not be the best, because, okay, well... Maybe we should just get right into it. Rich is the worst part of the show. Can we agree? Yes. Like, he's so bad. (laughs) He feels like he's in a different show than all of them. And it sucks that he's he's the one black guy. Yeah, and he's terrible. It's it's, because he's Ray J. And he's a terrible actor. Like, he's not. That's what it is. He's such a bad actor. Honestly, that character with literally anyone else would be better suited. It's just because Ray J has Ray J's voice slash accent slash delivery. And it's just like. Yes. uh, (laughs) Nothing I can can hear him say is taken seriously. I can't, when he's trying to be sympathetic or just trying to be emotional, I can't buy any of it. He's, it's God, he's so bad. so bad. I, I can't, I can't recommend it enough for you to just watch a clip of it. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. And then just like listen to him talk. And it truly is like someone just 
they're shooting a TV show, and then there's just, like, a person who walked onto set, and then they just keep aiming the camera at him, and he's like, what? <laughs> you can't blame a guy for trying. <laughs> it's, it's just, like... It's impossible. Oh, we'll it's impossible that. that his his lines were the best takes, but, like... I know! They, it just they had to be the best for him, really. It just sounds like you're, you have to run lines with someone who's not an actor, and... They're not even attempting to make it, make it sound like they're just reading the lines out verbatim. And well, I'm not trying to be, like, everyone. rude, because, again, like, I don't think that it's necessarily, like, his fault. I just think he's insanely miscast or just not appropriate for this role. Maybe he'd be good in, like, a comedy or something. I don't know. Yeah, and but, this is, again, this is a show about a lot of trauma. Yeah, and everyone's and... very serious and somber, and he's just out there trying to be either goofy or just like obtuse every single turn and it's not it's not a good look anyway like that character is also just like a shitty kind of character he's not a oh he's a, piece of, he's a piece of shit from moment one so it's hard and i honestly like i think it's like a bad decision to make him like the one who's been there longest because like it makes it by proxy it makes wong look bad or makes uh what's his name on the show is it chang I think? tom chang yeah, tom, it makes Master tom chang. chang look like he's a bad judge of character to keep him in his class because he's a piece of shit <laughs> like if you were training Ray J and he was like being gross to the women in your class after like a day, you should be like either fix your attitude or leave. But instead, he's just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> you'll be here longest and you'll be my like second in command. Again, what? His first line in the first scene is the Yoda thing, which he's asking a question he should have already known because again, he's been Tom's student. He was his first student. I feel like that was the kind of like a retro. Like I feel like it was the kind of thing that they had. So they had to have somebody say that kind of stuff. So yeah. It's like, oh, I know. And none of the other characters would say it. We'll just make Ray J the person who delivers the most important information of this episode. So. Jesus Christ. So that makes it even so more bad. frustrating because it's like, you're forced to listen to this because, like, you need to know the information he's relaying. Um, but, like, it's hard to pay attention to him. Like, you want to zone out because he's such bad. He's such a poor delivery of it. It's just, your brain wants to shut off because it's just like. Did you? Uh, oh, I know all about Tom Chang. He's from, like I'm doing God, a really it, poor version. It's so upsetting that he has to be the one. To, it's already not good dialogue, but it's bad that he has to like recite it. Yeah, it's just like you guys didn't hear about Tom Chang. <laughs> it's just, dude. I wish it was that bad. It's like it's just ah. Uh, he literally he's, a, he's like he's just looking for redemption. And blah not, blah blah. And I don't I don't know. I think is Reggie from the south. There's some some version of an accent there that I don't know about. I'm imagining it's like he's definitely not from. San Francisco? No, it's like Deep South. It sounds to me like it's like... Yeah, they're from Mississippi. Oh, and Brandy. there you go. It's definitely like a Mississippi accent. Like, maybe he's putting it on for the role or something, but it sounds to oh, me like... Oh, he says he was born in Carson... Like, well, he was raised in Carson, California, but like, when did they move there? But it makes no sense that someone from like San Francisco who's a teenager would have a deep <laughs> Mississippi accent. Like, it is a full accent at times. Like, he's basically just like, I just, it's like he says certain things and it's like he has like southern intonations in the beginning and end of sentences. It's so, like we're, we're saying in North Shore where Nikki Deloach is, she's from Atlanta, Georgia, and she does not pass for someone who was born and raised in Hawaii with her yeah, accent. Yeah, he'll, he'll be like, hey, how y'all doing today? And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> You're in San, you can see the Golden Great Bridge behind them and he's like, like. I it's just it's just so insane. It's not uh, like a don't move either, but just this, I, I guess friendships were made uh in this show, but although don't give Ray J jobs. Um so Sarah Carter, who plays uh Allie in the show, uh a couple years after this she was on uh, the James Woods show Shark, 
as one of the series regulars, and Ray J was a guest star in one of the episodes. I'm like, I guess the friendship lasted. Oh my god. I mean, I'm happy if they're all friends still, but She's you know, great. Ray J's still I'm terrible really in, this, in this. She was very, very. I feel like I've seen her in other things too. But... You definitely. She was in Smallville. She was Alicia Clark's uh, teleporting girlfriend. Mm, I guess that's what it is. I don't know. She just definitely struck me as someone I've seen before. She's been in surprisingly a lot more things than you would expect. I, I, I thought she didn't realize she was in that much stuff, but I'm like, wow, she stays working. Uh, she was in... Oh, I know her as the... Long Skies. The girl who's uh, from White Collar. Uh, yeah, White Collar. Yeah, that's the one where she's pretending to be mm-hmm. a, the victim of it. And she's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. doing it. It's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so like, let's let's get into it. We could probably keep discussing this. There's a lot to go over because basically a lot of the issues um, we're gonna have are plot specific, including Ray J's insanity throughout the entire episode. Um, okay, so it starts off. I mean, of course, we watch the TV ribs thanks to Latoya, and yeah. it starts off with a little intro with like the WB. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, a WB series premiere event. I see. I love the CW, you know, but I I like how important it all feels when it the does. WB announcer guys saying it. Like that's cool. I don't know how else to describe it because it's just. I mean, I know other networks do that kind of stuff, but there was just something about. And and I'll try and drop a link to this. I'm sure there's like a unedited version of just like an intro from the WB into the um, description. But like, there's not, there's nothing quite like watching the. I don't know how to describe it. It's just like a big giant logo WB with this like um, spotlight. Yeah, it's the big above logo it. in the in the back lot. Yeah, in the back lot in the dark with the with the spotlights above it, and then you have the WB guy going. On a primo, like, this brand new premiere of Black Sash. And it's like, he goes in a little bit of an intro, and he's like, Mm -hmm. you're here now for this exclusive premiere of Black Sash. And it's just what the show's about. Yeah. I don't know how much of it's maybe just my own, like, nostalgia for it, but, like, everything about it feels way more event television than anything else they're showing on, like... Because even, like, the countdowns to, like, a new episode of Manifest Destiny or whatever, it's just not the same thing as, like... Like a full like, it looks like you know a movie almost. Like it's like a promo for the movie Black Sash, but it's a TV show. Anyway, so we get that in the beginning, which is adorable, and then you get like a little intro to what the show's gonna be, and then we meet. Uh, the intro part is the thing I really hate uh, specifically. There's a line where it's talking about they'll be learning things like the art of revenge, and it shows that in various promos. I'm like, that's not that's the opposite of what this is about. Right. He's not teaching them the art of revenge. You already like completely blew what the show was just, just by saying that. And he specifically goes into why, like, I actually really appreciate that because it's another thing that a lot of people treat martial arts or karate by some offshoot of just sort of being like, I'm out, or or any kind of, like, training for fight, fight mm-hmm. training, is, like, someone's trying to figure out a way to, like, avenge their family or get revenge or beat up people or, like... Yeah, be a tough. badass. But, like, yeah. this is basically, like, no. he He's basically preaching, like, the strongest thing you could do is defend yourself and then let other people... Like, I, it, I think I've heard this in something else, too. I'm, I'm bad at it because I don't know where I've heard it exactly, but the idea behind a lot of martial arts is not that you're necessarily fighting someone, it's that you're defending yourself. Yeah. So, like, there is a way for you to successfully, quote-unquote, win a fight by basically never hitting someone. So, like, you let them tire themselves out and, like, basically trip and fall and, you know, like, either run away... <laughs> Or if you hit them, it's, like, one little time, you just disengage them, and then that's it. Like, these are yeah. not people training to, like, kick people's asses. 
they are trained to like disengage people, to uh, dis disarm people if they have weapons, that kind of stuff. Like yeah. they're basically just tre- treating it like very strong self defense. And I would say the reason why we keep bringing up the trauma stuff is like literally these are all mostly kids. I mean the ones that we know specifically besides maybe the uh, um, uh, girl we mentioned before, Allie. Uh, most of them are dealing with like intense personal like trauma or like at least um, hardship. So they're either people who've been abused or people who've been, um, they lost their father. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of rage. It's like a meditative experience where they're actually channeling the anger and the rage, the frustration, the powerlessness and the vulnerability into Tai Chi. A lot of the episodes, like it's this them practicing the art of martial arts, which is this getting them into a place where they're not focusing on their pain or they're using their pain to find strength within themselves. It's a very beautiful, like, sentiment. There are episodes where that is not as highly regarded as, let's just, like, go out and some fight some strangers. <laughs> like, that there's episodes too. But I would say, like, primarily, there's never a question whether or not um, uh, Kevin, the main character, if he's uh, trying to... Keep Kevin? Kevin. Where did you get the name Kevin from? <laughs> Tom Chang. Oh my god. Kevin? Kevin? I don't know where I got Kevin from. But um, there's it, there's never a sense that Tom Chang is, or I'll just say Chang, so um, there's never a sense that Chang is trying to manipulate them to do what he wants or like uh, letting them off the hook for something. He's always most focused on keeping them like happy, healthy, and mentally um, sound. Which is really nice. Like, a lot of these types of shows, the teacher kind of gets like, alright, well, you want to come help me beat up people like a vigilante? I'll let you do it. He no- Even, like, as that happens, and he gets help from certain people we'll get into, he's still like, but really, why were you here? You shouldn't be here. I'm your teacher. Get some fucking boundaries. <laughs> like, he's always kind of like the dad in the relationship with these people, which is just, it's nice to see that, but it's yeah. also just sort of like him saying, like, guys, let's, like, pump the brakes. Um... Well, even, like, someone we'll meet later on, like, Nick, is someone where he sort of does let it go a little bit, but he's more just, like, you know, on the outskirts of that, where he's Mm -hmm. just like, you know, okay, I get it, you're angry, but I'm gonna do my thing, and if you want to keep coming to class, you have to play by my rules, basically. Um, So anyway, so the pilot starts with him introing the class, Um, he introduces everybody to each other, I think... It's a little confusing at first because you seem like we're all meeting these people for the first time, but we find out quickly several students have been there for a while, and yeah. really we're just meeting like actually they're they're introducing people that we're never gonna talk to, like the people that yes, are all the extras class. in the class that no one cares about. <laughs> yeah, but then we do we do get a new person eventually, but it's like they couldn't make mm-hmm. up their mind if they're gonna intro us with mm-hmm. one person, so instead yeah. they just intro us by like letting our seasoned uh, main characters explain to the new people who are just. And- non-speaking extras what the real and that one blonde dude who's not actually part of the cast but like he kept talking (laughs) yeah that was weird (laughs) but um this is where we mentioned that ray j has this weird like (laughs) like narration about what happened um although he does question like so master lee's like your yoda you know which you should know again since you've been with him the longest and we're getting these flashbacks to when chang won his uh black sash it, I was so confused by this. So like, I guess it's just like a setup class where he's supposed to take on like five men and then he wins the. the or, well, eight, eight, men, eight men, apparently. Oh, is it eight men? It's like, yes, yeah, you can take eight men at once if they all come at you one at a time. And it's, it's confusing too because it's just. I didn't know. At first, I didn't know if it was him or not. 
Like, it's clear eventually that you see his face. But I was like, is this a flashback to Master Lee? Because they're talking about Master Lee, about how he was, like, this crazy, like, really good, um, uh, channel, like, he's just, like, a uh, master. Like, he's mastered the form (laughs) of of martial arts. And it's confusing because you're like, but so has Chang. So you're like, wait. But then I guess they're both just, like, he's his higher up. And then now Chang is teaching the new generation, like, Lee taught him. But he wins the Black Sash by taking on eight men in a room with, like, a weird logo on the ground. And I'm like, I want to know more about this. Because it seems like the kind of thing, like, I kept waiting for them to be, like, and he's also now a member of this, like, secret society of the Black Slash. No, there's no Black Slash, like, secret society. It's just, I guess that's just, like, their induction ceremony. And it's just eight people that already have the Black Sash. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. And I kept waiting for it to be, like, everything I looked up for Black Sash was honestly, like, <laughs> to be honest, I, we should mention, this is not in reference to the anti-apartheid people. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> literally, like, everything to do with Black Sash. Yeah. Well. But I do think that generally it's supposed to be kind of, like, Black Belt or, like, some yeah. high, But it's supposed to be higher than a Black Belt. Like, it's supposed to be, like, I don't know if there is obviously some... Oh, Mara, it's the, it's the Red Belt or something like that. But, like, there's probably some version of, like, people who are, like, masters of certain types of, um, like, martial arts that basically get a higher... It's like they're Michelin stars, basically. Yeah. So, I don't know what that is, but that's what he's getting and he gets it. Um, it's fictional or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, now he's having, like, flashbacks to when that happened. And mm-hmm. he's, like, remembering what, what yeah. it was like. Um and then you have somebody that one randomly you said the blonde guy that's just like, is it true? He, you he's used so to be weird. A cop? He, keep, he keeps speaking in this episode, and I don't know why. I thought he was going to be like a regular, and then he just never shows up again. <laughs> or if he is, he's like in the very background of scenes still. But um, he asked him if it was, it was true he used to be a cop, and then I'm confused because they keep cutting to Ray J, and like this is a little bit later on too. That really, it, we'll get into the actual like rumors part where they clarify what um, Chang's background really is, but. At first, you're like, is he a cop? You're like, well, I don't know. Like, I just started watching this show. Can someone give me some straight, straight answers? Because, like, no one gives them, like, a full background until, like, I would say, like, minute 20. Which is kind of insane. <laughs> maybe, maybe like, minute 15. But it's, like, a pretty mm-hmm. good way into the episode. <coughs> after everyone's already been introduced, that they actually explain mm-hmm. who this major character is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, they, they introduce him, and he's like, is it true you used to be a cop? And, like, Missy and Ray J look at each other like, mm. Uh, at first I was guy. like, do they hate cops? They don't want to know he's a cop. I'm like, question mark, question mark. Um, but then we also get, okay, so this is, okay. maybe we'll spend some time now on Ray J, because this is kind of- Are we, Ray okay, is. we're going to school? Because yeah. uh, we need to talk. So after the introduction to uh, what fighting is, I should mention they have this nice little scene where they talk about how Master Lee, um, the, when we're talking about the spirituality of fighting, he says what applies to fighting applies to living. So that's like their mantra for the school, basically. Um, and then we see, like, everyone taking that mantra into their own lives. <laughs> but none of them really do, besides <laughs> anyone, basically. Because um, they're children. They are children. But you forget that, because they're all, like, riding around motorcycles and hanging out in clubs yes. at night. So, like, I don't... I'm yes. played by, like, 30-year-olds, but whatever. <laughs> but so, they're all, like, uh, going to school together, which I don't necessarily buy would be a thing. Like, why are they all at the same exact school? Like, you know... The thing is... It- because, yeah, that's the thing. It's part of the problem with the show is that, in theory, none of them would actually be friends. Right. I mean, like... They, 
anyone who's ever taken any kind of either like martial arts or gym class, you might have somebody who you're friendly with that you go with, or a friend that you decide to join with. But you're not going to know a bunch but of. They, they all become this. best friends yeah. because of this. Plus, like anyone who's ever gone to one of those, especially when you're younger, almost always you go to one that's like not in your school district. So like no one's going to be going to the same school. <laughs> I don't buy that at all. But whatever. I mean, you run the risk of running into a ton of people at your school and having a lot of drama happen, which is what happens. So they probably should have gone to town over, is all I'm trying to say. But now I want to talk about this characterization that thankfully only, like, happens in this one episode, which is, like... The attempted nerdy Sarah Carter, like, falling what over herself that? with AJ. Oh, yeah, I don't understand this. My notes are so... Oh, <laughs> it makes no sense to me. And I'm like, are we supposed to think she's, like, ugly? I, my notes are exactly this. Like, I don't want to try and begrudge anyone. You could be very pretty and also a nerd. That's fine. But, like, Jesus Christ. And he, but he treats her like she's not very pretty. That's the problem, too. Yeah, so there's a scene where she comes up to him, and it's like, as honestly... It reminds me very directly of what eventually happens on Community, which is basically just like, are we supposed to buy that Allison Brie is supposed to be some kind of a fucking nerd? Like, yes, she's type A <laughs> personality, but like, Jesus Christ, she's a knockout. Like, are you stupid? And so we have uh, Sarah Carter walking around, who looks like a tiny little Kristen Bell circa 2002, and it's like, I don't buy for a se- She's got like the braids in her hair, so she's just be like quirky, I guess. But like... It's, again, it's the, it's the Chloe Sullivan thing, where it's like, okay, like, I guess, like, she's got some weird hobbies, but she's still strikingly beautiful. Like, and then when you realize, like, when they reveal more about her character, it's like, she's a rich girl who, like, dances. What is happening? And also, apparently, she has a bunch of ex-boyfriends. Why were you so hung up on Ray J? It's weird. It is decidedly weird. And she definitely, honestly, I, mean, I love Missy Peregrine, too. She is definitely, of everyone in the main cast, probably the most traditional. And then saying something like this with Corey Sevier on the cast is, is, is pretty insane. But I think she's probably the most traditionally attractive of the bunch, mm-hmm. to be honest. And with, at least with Missy's character, it helps that her whole thing, she's, she's supposed to be one of the guys. So that that makes sense. But I, the Sarah Carter thing makes no sense. It's wild. And, she's and he, got, like, he really treats her hair. like shit. Yeah. And he's, like, embarrassed to be around her, which let's, is insane. Let's, like, uh, we'll get into the actual, like, plot of that. So, like, he comes... He's in class. There's it just like cuts from the uh, martial arts training room to like the class the hallway, the hallway at school. Yeah, the hallway. Yeah. And he's like already like they're leaving class, and he like pulls his cell phone out, and he's like, I, I don't know what he says, but something along the lines of basically like, oh hey cutie, like something like that, and or <sighs> he's talking to somebody on the phone, and then she comes up to him and she's like, hey, right, but she's got like this real like like darling little voice, and she's just like. Hey, AJ, I got your notes. And he's like, what? She's like, I saw you were leaving class early, so I ran out with some notes for you. I was like, Jesus. Like, one, is he maybe just not making notes in class? Maybe he made yeah, notes. Yeah, because like, why are you giving he's him... Not, he's not taking notes. He's copying her homework. Like, girl, come on. And she's just like, oh, yeah, I saw you leave. So here are your notes. And, uh, and then she's like, do you want them? He's like, sure. And he looks at her... And he, like, puts the phone to the side, and he literally, like, looks her up and down, even though she's, again, like, a strikingly beautiful woman, and he's just like, is there anything else? Literally, that's a direct quote. He says, is yeah. there anything else? And it's just, like, my notes are just, she's pretty, so this doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like, I don't mean to say, like, that's an excuse for women to get attention. Like, she doesn't need to be attractive for him to demand her attention. It's more just, like, they're playing her, like, this doofy, like, frumpy... Honestly, it's like the she's all that vibe where it's just sort of like oh. they could have at least they could have at least given her glasses so we, we could at least pretend or or it's like it's like the jawbreaker thing where they're making like her the Judy Greer where she's just like a frumpy like 
got glasses on, like, frizzy hair or something, and she's, like, chasing after him with notes. But they're not playing her like that, which I kind of appreciate. Like, we don't need to see that kind of stupid stereotype or, like, a subservient woman. But, like, Mm -hmm. it makes no sense that she's, like, so hung up on him, even though he's just so dismissive of her. I guess they are teenagers, but, like, I don't... It's a bizarre scene. Everything about it, I guess she's just not his type, which is odd, but it's possible. It's possible, but the fact that he's just so dismissive... It's insane. So, like, that's where my notes kind of spot. At first, I was just confused because I'm like, he's supposed to be, like, attracted to all these girls and he doesn't seem to notice her at all, which is okay. She's not his type. But, like, also, he's being an asshole to her. So, just, like, don't be an asshole. <laughs> just be like, no, I yeah. don't need notes, but and thanks for trying. Or, and then just dismiss it and cut her off. Like, he's just sort of just like, yeah. Yeah, is she there tried to else? ask like, if, really? like, he wants to study or something together. And he's just like, I'm really busy. Yeah. And then he just talks to some guy in the hallway, right? And he's like, oh, you want to hang out? <laughs> and he's like, you got my, my cell, my email, my pager. Like, Jesus Christ. I do like that she has that, <laughs> the pager. Just page me tomorrow. <laughs> But then there's this awful bit where she comes up to him and she has that, like, very oh, 2000 I wrote it down. Uh, if, if vibe you need to yes. yeah. Do you ever get the impression that all this advanced technology <laughs> keeps people apart about uh, a billion times more than it keeps them, it brings them together? I'm like, well, you, you know you're right, girl. But he doesn't get it at all. He's like, huh? <laughs> it reminds me so much of the you talking to me thing, where it's just like, hey... I have this brand new idea that no one's ever said before. Do you think that maybe all this smart technology mm-hmm. is keeping us dumb? Like, it's just not a very edgy... It might have felt edgy in, like, yeah. 2003 <laughs> when this was released, but, like, a pager is not really advanced technology anymore, so it just sounds insane. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely not advanced. Like, that guy he was talking to doesn't have his cell phone or his email, but he definitely has his pager. <laughs> Yeah. And also, just, like, she's, like, a minute away from saying, like, I was born in LeBron. <laughs> so it's just, like, I'm just, like, shut up. But she doesn't go that far. It just, it was just, like, very, like, she comes up to him wistful. And I do like, this is the one part where I do like Ray J, because he looks at her He's like, so confused. Like, he has no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> so, like, maybe we jumped on this too fast. Maybe he's dealt with her enough that he's, like, I'm sick of you saying <laughs> something like that to me. Get away from me. Like, if he weren't such a, like, a piece of shit later yeah. on in the episode, too, Again, like, he gets kind of weird. It does feel like they rewrote her character after this episode, because it, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, how long has she been, like, dealing with him? Because she even says later, like, she just she had, like, a lot of shitty boyfriends, so was she still crushing on yeah, Ray J during it's that? it's very clear that she's hung up on him, because, like, um, mm-hmm. Chang is telling her, like, certain things to try and get her to not yeah. deal with it. So I think that she definitely has had, like, a mm-hmm. long crush on him. I it's think, her, again, if Again, later, like, I, it just feels like he's uh, not even her type either, so... Yeah. It's very... Honestly, it reminds me so much of Annie and Troy mm-hmm. from Community. It's the same vibe, where it's just, like, she's uptight, she's been hung up on him for years, and then once they actually, like, get to know each other, she's like, yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> no, thank <laughs> you. This is a bad idea. <laughs> Let me go after the bad boy, Corey Sevier, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that's them being introduced. So there's this ongoing, like, behind the scenes, she's kind of pining for him. He could not even realize that she's alive. Um, and then, uh, we get the other awful... So this is why we have a bit... This is uh, probably why we are already ready to jump on top of Ray J for being awful. The next scene is Missy, or Melissa. Yes, Melissa Peregrim, uh, as it's credited. (laughs) Credited here. But, um, Missy's just walking down the hall, minding her own business, and some guy comes up, and I... Maybe it's partly because she is supposed to be, like, kind of, like, a stony, like, uh, punk or something. I don't know the vibe she's supposed to be giving off, like, the tough girl. I think the vibe is, like, they're gonna be like, ha, look what we're gonna do to this girl. 
and they come up and the guy like grabs yeah, her ass. Yeah, he grabs her ass. Like, sort of tries to grab her ass. I, I think he kind of grabs like her pants, but either way, like he gets close to her and grabs her. And she, he barely gets a hand on her and she like grabs him, throws him against the wall, twists his arm, and then the whole like hallway stops and they're like, oh shit, she just like yeah. wrecked him. Ray then, calls like, her whacked, first, by like, the way, for doing that. Yeah. Well, he says to her, he comes up to her, so she does that, and then some people are like, geez. And then, of course, this is also a scene where we find that Allie is, like, inspired by that. Yeah. Like, actually, like, I don't know why she's inspired she's... by that so much. It's okay. Like, <laughs> I was going to save it till they're- She wants to throw a well, no, I was going to save it until like... their one-on-one scene, the, Al- the Allie-Tory uh, scene that Sarah Carter and Missy Peregrine. But for the millionth week in a row- <laughs> they're in love my notes have in all caps more lesbian energy Dur- okay during their one-on-one scene later i just wrote in all caps gay <laughs> and the very we'll get to it later but the very final scene of the show yes! is basically them as a couple it's crazy yeah. it's crazy if this show had actually okay, had a following we'll I-, I imagine there's so much fanfic about these two Oh, man, it would be. And it would be perfect. All of their scenes are basically set up for a fanfic, honestly. Yeah. And so so she sees this, and she's inspired to join the the gym. We don't know that until later when she goes there. But um, Missy, meanwhile, goes to her locker, which she's, I guess, locker mates with Ray J. Which, again, this is, they're all way too involved in each other's lives for them to also just coincidentally <laughs> yeah. be in the same gym, but okay. They happen to be locker mates, too. Um, and he comes up to her, and he says, you can't blame the guy for trying. And I was like, Jesus God. Christ! So he He's like, men aren't the, the enemy, and she's like, you're right, boys are. Her. It's just... Oh. Also, it's real rich coming from <laughs> AJ. <laughs> just, just... Just as a, there's a cultural, like, aspect to Ray J that does not exist in this current form that we know now is just, in retrospect, yeah. crazy. That he is just, like, def- out here defending guys, groping women. Just like, oh my god, Ray J. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, there's that. Uh, then we also, this is where we also get more of Ray J, though, well, explaining the background. We also of, get the editing, like, straight out of fast lane. That's what my notes are, too. I'm like, what is this split it's, screen? Again, it's still three, so it's prime fast lane era, like... They're doing the split screens, they're doing the, the moving boxes. It's so bad. So if you want an idea of the visual of it, it's just like, if you've ever seen a show where they do like the split screen, usually shows like gel it over into a full screen. This did not. This like leaves the split screen for like a good solid like two minutes yeah. almost. It's wild. And uh, so Ray J explains he knew all about Wong or uh, Chang's uh, character. He's basically like, uh, a narcotics cop who was on the beat undercover, but they set yeah his him partner up. set him up now in Hong he's, Kong. <clears throat> he's now been, uh, I guess, like dishonored. Yeah. He was in prison for five years, that. Hong Kong prison. I, yeah, yeah, in Hong Kong. I don't know that he has any crimes in America no. though necessarily. It's unclear, but um, he does, you know, have the history of being in prison and getting yeah. out. Um, I'm confused about why he only got five. Is that just what it is in Hong Kong for narcotics? Because that seems like kind of a late set. I guess because it was a cop and it was... Yeah, maybe. But yeah. (sighs) It's bad, though. So he has that in his background. Um, And also, the blonde guy, again, who were like, who are you? He's like, I googled him. Which, this is probably one of the earlier instances of someone googling something. I know. Congrats for you googling someone (laughs) in 2003. Um, And so then... um, he, they know that he's a narcotics cop, but now he's, like, you know, a civilian. 
Um, he is pulling up. I feel like he's pulling up outside his well, own gym. No, he though. got he gets a lead There's from someone. Like basically, it's not it's somewhere in San Francisco, and like about um, they're doing a bust on. It, they would arrest the guy, like his former partner, which I guess still doesn't do anything to absolve him. Which is just it's, it's kind just, of weird. But also at the same time, uh, Missy is talking to a friend about the fact that apparently he has like a daughter or whatever, and I guess he hasn't seen his daughter. Yes. And the friend she's talking to, and, and a wife. I recognized her just because like the era and also Vancouver actress. It's Megan Ori of Once Upon a Time who played Ruby, Little Red Red Hood. She was also in Higher Ground. I'm like, they didn't, she wasn't credited. Like I, I know Megan Ori. So this is the most Vancouver show of all it's time. Funny. It's very like. You know, Vancouver on the water, and then we'll throw a clip. Of, oh, like, there's the so much B-roll. The, the Golden Gate Bridge, <laughs> yeah, like just like it'll be like clearly Vancouver on the water, and then it's like da 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 edit. There's a big Golden well, Gate Bridge. It's, or, like, it's crazy how Canadian car. the show is because <laughs> like, everyone okay. of the kids but Ray J is Canadian. So they're they're the rumor mill has been spinning about Jang, and then he's now like in the in the um gym, just like hey guys, what's up? Uh, but I think it, generally he's basically a vigilante on his own what? time. So after he leaves the gym, yeah. he goes, I guess, across yeah, he follows town his lead, to yeah. a crime scene. It doesn't really make it clear at first what he's doing. It seems like, honestly, I thought they were, like, raiding his gym. And I was like, what's happening? Yeah, I guess, like, there's a drug bust or whatever, no, and he... then the guy who was, like, his partner yeah. gets away, and he's able to find him. Well, he's just not there. He's yeah. just gone. They're like, has, he get there, and there's this this um this cop who's uh, radioing for backup because they can't find Chen, which I think is supposed to be his mm-hmm. partner. And she's like, someone look for Chen. And he's looking around. He's like, where would I go if I was Chen? So he goes up on top of a building and like looks around because he's like, I guess he figures he'll still be in eye shot, but just he'll well, he's right. So and then he Chen ends up. Away, he though. sees him in drag. <laughs> Yeah, but it's so strange because all he really does is just go up high and then look at the <laughs> ground. Like he might as well get on the ground and run around. But that's not you know as cool. I mean? Like, I guess so. But so he get, he literally like there's no chin in sight. He gets up on top of a building. He looks down at the same place he was just standing, and then there's a man walking there, and he's like, oh, it's again, Chen. it's like, a man in drag. You can't tell it's him. He's in drag. So he's just like, this is suspicious. There's a random woman. <laughs> a woman's getting on a he bus. Recognize his gate or something. And so he just takes off across the buildings. He's running like Spider-Man style across the buildings, and uh, follows him up to when he's he gets into a, a bus, a t- like a city bus. And so he just starts running, following the bus, building the building, all the way up until when the bus stops at the edge of the building. And then he runs, jumps, and lands on top of the bus. This is like some Mission Impossible shit. And they all on the bus. Everyone on the bus is like, "What the fuck?" Because <laughs> you can hear someone land on top of your bus. And they all, like, you know, stop, startle, and look up. And the way he, he gets onto the bus, he, like, on the, is on the edge of it. And his body kind of swings down at the very end. So, like, the, out, the, the glass window, you can see out and see him. And his partner looks out and sees him and realizes, oh, shit, he's on my tail. And pulls out a mini Uzi and then just starts <laughs> lighting up the top of the bus so that, like, as he's pulled himself out of the view of the window is now just running on top of the bus. You got this guy oozing up, like, holes, which is, like, a really... It's, like, an intense, like, boom, 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 boom. And he's trying to outrun the bullets, which he does, because it's, you know, it's a show. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get him killed in the first scene. And he, like, out of nowhere just comes flying in through one of the windows off of the roof, tackles the guy for a second, and then they, like, go into a intense fist fight. Um, of course. style. And he, uh... 
knocks him out of the bus at one point onto the ground and then eventually takes him in, walks him back over to the police, and he's like, hey, here's the guy you're looking for. And then the first response she has is just like, you're a civilian now, you can't do this kind of shit. And he's just like, okay, Lisa. Yeah, she, she's like, leave the police, work to the police. You guys lost him and you he was going to be gone in the wind, right. you fucking idiot. It's just... Not great. He should just be a cop again. But I guess, I don't know if he was ever a cop in... I think he was a cop, because that's probably how he knows her. And then, he, like, the way his ex-wife says it, he, like, he, he transferred, and then... So maybe he was, like, a he was like a San Francisco yeah. cop who was on the beat in, like, Chinatown or something, and then went back to Hong Kong. Yeah, that, that's what it is. And then got caught there, and then was in jail there, and now he's back, and he has since lost his job. But, like... Isn't that what undercover cops have to deal with? They just let them back it's in, like Adrian Pimento style. And probably like he went to prison, but now you caught his former partner who the guy. framed him. Right. The end. It's not really clear why he's. Not they obviously don't want him, like for the show purposes. He can't go back to being a cop because he's supposed to be the trainer. I'm sure if the show had gone right. on longer, there would have been an episode where it's like he has to choose between going back to the force and being their their, their master. Probably. The vigilante, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it is what it is. He decides to stick with it as the uh, trainer and just sort of does this yes. as a hobby. <laughs> catching me. Yeah. Opening, then we get I the love. opening credits where C- Corey oh, Sevier is definitely so shirtless good. and his part of the opening credits. And I'm like, yes, they know the reason. He's just know why, so pretty. Know why we tune in. And, like, week. rewatching these shows it's, is just a reminder. He's so pretty. It's wild and he's very different looking so he's still attractive even when it's not his normal yeah. look like he, this is a far cry i did, honestly in my notes i didn't realize it was him at first like he has the yeah. hair and everything i'm like oh he's attractive and then later when i'm looking up who everybody is i'm like oh that was course because <laughs> he just has a very yeah but he's still got those like, like very kissable but he's still lips attractive. Yeah. He's so handsome. Um, and then we get the the amazing, like, it only hurts when I put Yes! It <laughs> Which is the show in a nutshell, and it makes no sense why Ray J's part of it. Yeah. I don't know what the, who sings it exactly. The, it sounds like a, it, there's a Shania Twain song. It's very similar are, to this. I don't know. This band is called Green Wheel, and Melissa Etheridge covered this song. Like, like they were the original oh. writers of this song, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But so they, they basically are just like, it only hurts when I breathe. <laughs> But they're screaming oh. like, it and they're like, hurts I'm when right, I breathe. I'm right. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of. But it's like it only hurts when I breathe, and it sounds so melodramatic because that is the show. Is like, like it's no big deal. It only hurts when I breathe. It's like, but it always hurts. Like, I always I breathe. <laughs> it's like, oh my it's god, so <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's, so, it's both dumb and adorable at the same time. It it's so earnest. So well. I love it. Yeah, um, and then we get this great credits for everybody. It looks great. Melissa Peregrim. <laughs> Thumbs up. Um, and then we get intro back into the the show with Ray J having a fight with uh, Missy. And she kicks his ass. Uh, yeah, she's again like a big ball of rage. We didn't really mention it before, but it's been in tone that like she's got some some loss in her life. Uh, we find out later that her father died, and they, they talk more about it and, like, the circumstances, but she's definitely, you can clearly, I'm only saying this now because, like, you can see it in, in every scene she's in. She is, as Missy Peregrim often plays, a ball of anger, <laughs> like, in the best possible way. She plays furious characters like nobody else, I'm telling you. Like, she just looks like rage. I love it. Um, and she's fighting him. She doesn't really have a good handle on, um... It's very uh, Buffy versus Riley scene, where it's just like, 
I'm going easy on you, but I could murder you if I don't. And then he keeps egging her on, like, come on, do it. And she's like, I'll murder you. <laughs> it's like, but I'm a trained fighter, too. I've been here longer than you. And she's like, okay, but I'll murder you. <laughs> like, I'm warning you if that's what you want. And then, he, of course, it's probably going to end up breaking an arm. And then it'll, like, fuck up their whole relationship. So I, no, I don't think that she's ever really going to, like, actually murder him. She but should, She definitely though. has, like, <laughs> honestly. It would honestly have... Can we just say right now, if she had accidentally murdered him, it would have prevented maybe the Kardashians from... (laughs) (laughs) You should have done it, Missy. You should have taken him out while you had the chance. Jesus. Okay, but regardless of that, like, she... She's basically looking like, I'm gonna hurt you if you don't, like, stop being so competitive with me. But also, maybe I'll hurt you anyway because she's just got so much rage. Like, she doesn't really have a great control over her her anger yet. Um, but I will say also that she knows that she's trying to do the best for Chang, so she also keeps it in check for most of the time. She only really kind of goes off the handle when he, of all people, Ray J especially, eggs her on. Like, he's very, you know, like, oh, like, he's gonna give it his all too, and I think it's very, like, you know, um, ego-based for the two of them. Because they're, I would say, like, the two, like, longest-term, um, trainees of yeah. Chang. Um, it's kind of weird that he's that Rage is supposed to be the protege because she's clearly the protege. It makes no sense. I honestly think this show would be a lot better if it was just Missy Peregrim and Chang, like well, teacher student, and then the rest were just people in her. Class. We pointed out like, that uh, the writer he wrote the next Karate Kid. That's the Hillary Swank one. Like this is kind of like a better version right. of that that dynamic, really. Yeah, because she. I mean, I'm sure that Hillary Swank did some great stunts, but like. Missy Peregrine, I don't know her full, like, personal story, but I know that when, like, she does a lot of movies that involve, or shows that involve stunts, or, like, a lot of stunt work, I can't say for sure she does all of her own stunts. She's great at what stunts she does, and then she's great at making She's believable at making you think, like, she could kick your ass. Yeah, like, she's, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, if you've ever seen Stick It, or, like, literally, like, everything down to, I think she's on, like, what was the one show I saw her on? Oh, Rookie Mm. Blue. Like, even stuff like that, where she's doing some, like, dives to, like, point her gun and stuff. It's just somebody who takes it. I feel like she did stuff on Life As We Know It, too. Is that weird? Uh, she, she some kind of stunts She just, that. like, played soccer, her character. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's, I, I'm saying stunts maybe in the wrong way. I, I don't necessarily mean, like, she's doing a ton of backflips. Mm-hmm. But, like, when she's doing, like, kicks and tai chi. Athletic stuff. flipping yeah. people. Yeah. Or she's kicking a ball around. Or she's doing a back handspring, or she's, like, doing some version of, like, a cartwheel. Like, there are people that probably do that for her, but I think that, like, she at least has the right physicality that makes the cuts to people doing that seamless. Like, in a way that it's very clear that she's skilled in her own way at doing athletics. Um, plus, I think, honestly, she's just better acting than most people <laughs> on the show. So maybe it's just, like, you just believe her as somebody who does this in her spare time. Because she just embodies the kind of person who would benefit strongly from martial arts. I do... I will say one thing about this show is that it had to be hard. You had to cast actors who could also look believable doing all of this, like, stuff, along with the other acting stuff. That couldn't have been easy. I mean, I genuinely think that she's probably one of the better, um, I would say, like, sports actors out there, generally. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe it. But so it works in the same sense that although this isn't like a sport, 
she has the the, f- the feel of somebody who looks comfortable doing the moves, even if they're not her doing the actual physical tosses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but so she she's having this fight with him. Um, the reason, well, she kind of goes a little bit over, and and Chang is a little annoyed at her because he's like, I know that you could have curbed that and you didn't, so I need you to make sure you keep that shit unlocked. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Sorry, I just, I I, I hate having to, like, censor myself. I want to be as angry as I want to be is kind of the response she gives. And he's like, well, we'll deal with that later. But uh, there's... Uh, I think it's it's interesting to him because he kind of understands, like, there are people out there that would be like, yeah, go with all your rage, become, like, an angry fighter and, like, be as strong and competitive as you want to be. But he's not there for that. He's there for her to understand, like, that shit, <coughs> like, emotional and, tra- like, her trauma... Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with whether or not you're good at martial arts. Because martial arts, like, you could do that. Like, I almost feel like the villains in this show are the people that use it incorrectly in that way. Like, they treat, like, their emotions and their anger as the primary focus of the martial arts. So, like, they don't curb themselves in fights. Like, his, his fights with all these people, he's always just, like, putting them down on the ground. The people that are coming up against him are trying to, like hit him, murder him, that kind of stuff. Like, he's never trying to murder anybody, if that makes sense. Like, so that's the vibe that he's trying to imply, impart onto her. It's like, I know it's possible for me to kill someone with bare hands, and I know it's possible that they're gonna do it to me, but, like, I'm never gonna do it. So, like, even if they kill me, I'm never gonna be attempting to kill someone back. I'm just gonna try and put them on the ground and, and turn them in. Because there's nothing stopping him from murdering his partner earlier, but he didn't do it. Like, he doesn't want to do that. Um, so yeah, so she, she's, gets overhand with this fight. He describes that the reason why you weren't doing well in the fight is because you're moving in a straight line at each other. And proper martial arts means constantly be flexible. And like, again, these are like, honestly, like little therapy sessions where he's like, it's like in life, you have to be flexible about everything. Flexible about this, flexible about that. Like you have to go with the flow. And it's like, he's trying to impart on these poor kids, like how to deal with life's adversity without having to just always commit like anger and violent reactions to things because you're taking them on headstrong. You can deflect, you can compartmentalize a little bit, and you can move forward. And it's, like, a very beautiful scene. (laughs) Um, But as he's talking about this, a new kid walks in. He's wearing his little Bruce Lee shirt, and he's, like, staring at the class, like, watching them as this is discussed. Which is, it sounds to me, like, the clearly, you're like, okay, this is, like, water in the desert to this kid Mm -hmm. because he hears this and he's like, yes, that's what I want to (laughs) hear. Because it's an interesting concept of, like, why fighting doesn't work for some people, because some people treat fighting like they're punching a wall. And he's like, no, you're not pun- you're not going at something head-on. You're supposed to be trying to weaken the surrounding pits of the wall, so when you do eventually move through it, it's been weakened. Like, you're not punching, like, the hardest part of a wall, if that makes that's sense. That's beautiful. But that's, like, his vibe, yeah. and I think it's kind of a very interesting way of looking at, like, violence and anger, which is not usually shown on shows that involve literally, like, martial arts. Um, especially because, like, even the guy, even Mark, Robert Mark Kamen's sh- movies are not usually this, like, um, I would say, like, transcendent mm-hmm. about the, the act of martial arts. They're more just, like, I guess it's just, the Karate Kid is kind of Yeah, like, but the... The other ones Yeah, are definitely not. not. <laughs> Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Lethal Weapon uh, yeah, 3. So then, Jesus Christ. <laughs> transporter. The Transporter. Anyway, so they're they're having this nice conversation, and it's like a very, like, serene... I don't know where this this is set exactly in San Francisco, but it just definitely has, like... Like, you can almost hear, like, the boats, ro- like, knocking on the dock in the background, and, like, 
some seagulls or something. There's, like, some air blowing in. So it all looks very, like, serene. Like, they're in, like, a monastery or something. And everyone's just, like, doing their thing, practicing while they're... He has all the new people team up with the old Yeah, people, he, so he puts Ray J in charge, but again, he's, like, second in command. It makes no sense. <laughs> Insane. Ray J's terrible. Uh, so then he goes over and, like, talks to this new kid, which is Corey Sevier. And um, he's like, hey... Bruce Lee, you let you fan? He's like, yeah. And he's like, he was the real deal, huh? She's like, I've got all his tapes. I was like, Jesus. But so he's just sort of like, what are you doing here stalking my clients <laughs> quietly? And he's like, oh, um, so are the prices on the, the wall or whatever legit? Is that what, how much it costs to be here? And he's like, yeah, that's what prices are for. <laughs> he's, like, okay. he's not the sarcastic he's like, to the kid, Jesus. I know, but it's like kind of like, yeah, that's what the prices are. And he's like, okay. And it's basically the equivalent. Like, I, I feel for this kid because he's got a lot of trauma. But, like, it's basically the equivalent of, like, Kristen Wiig and Bridesmaids where she, he's like, help me, I'm poor. <laughs> it's just like, he can't afford it. But I feel bad because he's got, and when he, like, moves to the, the side of the room, you can see he's got a bruise on his face. So the guy, I think, like, Chang wants to yeah. help him. And he's like, well, how do I do this? And he runs out and finds the kid as he's leaving the studio. And he's like, hey. Here's an application that's free. What, what can you afford? He's like, nothing. He has some <laughs> like, cash flow issues, um, he says. He's like a teenager. How are these kids supposed to afford this? Just just say, my my dad won't pay for it, but I want to do this. How can I pay for it? So he, he reads between the lines and he's like, let me just have you paint my studio. I'll give you classes for free. That sounds like a deal. He's like, perfect. So then he's now signed up to be part of the class, which I think is very mm-hmm. sweet. But also, like, Chang, you have you have your own cash flow issues now. <laughs> but I guess he says he can't afford a painter, so I guess he's going to get something for his money. Um, and then so we also see, like, we see the bruise more clearly in the dark. So, like, you can see, like, something's up with this kid, and it, it's sad because you can tell, like, Chang wants to make sure he can defend himself next yeah. time. Um, and then, like, as he's leaving, like, honestly, it's as if there's, like, some, like... Some mist flowing off of the river <laughs> into the dark, and this bail bondsman comes up, and he's just like, "Hey, how you doing?" He's got like an accent and everything, like a like a English accent. He's like, "Hey," he's like, "What's up?" Uh, here's this money for catching that guy earlier, and Chang like turns him down. I guess it's because he's trying to say like, "I can't be bought." Yeah. But like, dude, there's no harm in just taking some of the guy's cash and walking away. Like, well, yeah, Master Lee says it later. It's like, what? what yeah, because this bullshit is that. It's basically the same thing he was doing as a cop, but because he's not a badge, being a bounty hunter is beneath him. It's like, fuck that. I mean, you're doing it anyway. You might as well get paid for it. I think I think he's worried that, like, it, this, this guy does seem like a sordid character, I'll be honest. Like, that might be part of it. He doesn't want to have any, or like, uh, relationships with, like, shady people. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the end of the day, he's already getting, he asked for the next person to be Missy's dad, uh, the guy who killed Missy's dad. But, like, realistically, he's already going after criminals. So, like, maybe he should just be like, hey, I'm going after this criminal. Can you just make sure he's on your list and I'll get paid if I do it? And he's like, sure. So it's like, win-win. But regardless, this guy is sort of just shady. And so he, at the first point here, he just turns him down. He's like, no, I'm not going to take your money. Thanks anyway. And the guy's like, sure, well, I'm here if you change your mind. And then he just, like, walks off into the darkness, which is like, hmm, I wonder if that will come back. It could not be more ominous, honestly, because he basically appears from a shadow in an alley and then comes back and leaves back out of an alley uh, shadow. Um, and then also, in the same, like, breath, he goes over to talk to Missy. Yeah. Partly because I think that's on his mind of, like, the next person he wants to take out. 
Um, and he's like, hey, Missy, don't hurt Brian like that. I know you've got a lot of, like, rage issues like we were talking about before. Oh, yes, Brian but, is Ray J, by um, the way. We've only, we've only said Ray J this whole time, oh, yeah. so. Ray J. I mean, maybe we should just refer to Don't hurt Ray J. Um, no one should refer to him as Brian. He's still Ray J, pretending to be someone named Brian. <laughs> um, but so he, he's like, listen, let's talk about your dad. I'm sorry that, like, that happened. Yeah. And, and we again, find out now that her father was a yeah. cop who was killed. And, again, the life. cops in the San Francisco here are apparently not good, because they know who killed her dad, just can't find him. Yeah, and I guess the implication... I was confused at first, because I thought it meant, like... I was I was so confused, because, like, in the promos, you see, like, the guy who killed my father is out running free, and when you find out her father's a cop, I'm like, okay, I don't think cops are gonna let that... They'll just arrest somebody and, and pretend that's <laughs> the cop. Like... It's a sad reality, but, but I don't think that's just crazy because Mr. Chang is able to find this guy very easily. He knows like the resources to, to find it. The cops should know the resources yeah. to find him. Well, and we should. I guess the the part of it, it what would make more sense is if he. But it, of course, it wouldn't make sense on the show because it's not this type of show. It's more of like a lawyer show kind of vibe. But like the vibe you're getting is that they already caught the guy, and he's like, you know ratting on the company he works for, and so now he's going to get like witness protection. Like that's the kind of Okay, I believe that. I don't believe that this dude is just happens to be... He is in organized crimes. Like, I guess they're, they're trying to say, like, he's got deep cover from, like, the syndicate of people who are in the same... Like, I don't know what he does, but he's just a criminal. Um, and he is basically, like, a member of the... Like, I think it's supposed to be Chinese mafia. I can't really tell exactly, but just some kind of a Chinese organization or just criminal yeah. organization and he's being kept under wraps so like maybe he's deep within that and he's not even he's like in like a safe house somewhere that you're never seeing but then like when it comes time for him to leave he's not really that safe so i don't know what that's about but anyway he's just like out in the wind and they're just not able to get to him i un- almost understand it as like maybe they're thinking it like it- it's like almost as if al capone killed somebody they're like well we could go right after him, but if we do that, it's gonna kind of fuck up all this other stuff we're trying to build on the whole cat, like the, the whole organization. And they're worried like pulling one card could like ruin the whole house of cards. But it's they don't explain that. Like I wish someone would actually say that. They don't never actually go to that point. For all we know, they're just really bad at their job. <laughs> They've never found the they guy. They seem really bad at like, their jobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Chang is getting these people in like an hour. Like he he finds that guy within an hour. He goes and he. Hunts down this... Well, we'll get to this part. Mm. So, anyway, so she's talking about her dad and, like, how much it upset her. And he's like, I understand it hurt you, but, like, you know, don't let it, don't let it like, consume you and don't let it influence I, how you treat others. I mean, but also others are sexually harassing her and... Right! She's mad about that stuff, too. And I don't know that she's ever really honest with him about that part of it because I think, like, he's he sees, like, this version of Ray J in the, in the gym where... He's, like, you know, frisky and, like, rude with people, but he's not, like, congratulating sexual, like, harassers. So, like, maybe, I mean, it's not like I'm saying I'm not victim-blaming her where she should explain that to him, but I think, like, he's ta- he's making a lot of assumptions that Ray J is just, like, minding his own business. He should probably be having this conversation with Ray J, where he's like, stop harassing this girl, she's got a horrible family life, and you're better than this, you're my second-in-command, I can't be leaving you in charge of the group when you're gonna, like rev people up like this and like that's the kind of bigger conversation that's now like a part of these these movements of people like actually getting their fucking comeuppance but like generally speaking i think that he thinks like well let me just tell you that reacting that poorly is not going to work out in the long run and it's like you could tell ray j that and maybe ray j won't keep 
instigating things. Because I do think that when she goes after him, in the back of her mind is Ray J saying stupid shit like that. And, like, you know, you can't blame a guy for trying. And she's just like, ugh. Like, if she's having a bad day, of course she's going to slam him a little hard, you know? But so, uh, he says that to her. She's like, all right, whatever. But she says to him pretty honestly, "My the man who killed my father is roaming free. How am I supposed to feel happy? And he's like, mm. And then, um, he says, like, well think about it and he he goes off to like let her be and she kind of gets upset and thinks it over and starts crying when she's like looking out over the water um meanwhile chang goes off to go meet up with his wife to go stalk his daughter find his wife yeah like he sees where she's practicing ice skating and he just walks to go watch her and then of course the mother is there his ex-wife with her new well, husband. Well, first is, of all, he's watching it. Okay, so wait. he's watching his daughter from afar while she will be beloved place. That's <laughs> great. It's a great scene. And then his ex-wife shows Honestly. up, and let's see, so she didn't know he was back in town. He's been back in town for, like, a few months, apparently. So that's- Yeah, he's like, she's like, I didn't know you got out. And he's like, yeah, I got out a few months ago. I was like, it's been months. Why are you just now seeing her? Maybe he's been so, so yeah, that's there. So, that's know. a problem right there. But yeah. then here, here comes her new husband, played by Martin Cummings of Riverdale fame, and also just, again, Vancouver actor- Coach Dave Scott. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I always tell him. That's Coach Dave Scott from Life is yep. <laughs> But you may know him as Sheriff on Riverdale, of course. Um, but yeah, he's like... Oh, well, you know, he's actually in other... He's in a bunch of episodes of Smallville, too, as like an evil scientist. And one of the episodes he's in is with Missy Peregrim. Like, she's his protege. Oh, good lord. He's he's a great actor. He's really specific kind of vibe, so it doesn't always work in a show. But like, when you get him good, like, Unreal... He has a very specific type of, like, oh, I don't trust you at yeah. all. <laughs> like, he has this, like, eyes are squinting, mm. he's coming up, he's talking real slow. Like, the minute he should Immediately knew up, he was a creep before he even said a thing. Yeah, and so, like, in this in this scene, it's like, the wife is kind of annoying already. Like, she's kind of- Oh, like, yeah, she's a pro- <sighs> They're both problems. Yeah, so this she, is some white nonsense that's, that's what I was gonna say. Here. I'm like, it just strikes me as, like, this is so gross that, like, these two white people are, like, telling this guy he's, like- Literally, he's been insisting she, that he was in, in jail for no... Like, he's... Yeah, he she believes he's him. innocent. She's, she says she's only mad because he dragged him to Hong Kong in the first place, which, fuck you. So you get a restraining order? Okay, let's just unpack that's this for a minute. I'm sorry, that's the reason to break up your marriage, but not to, like, completely ruin his life on, like, the father front. So we like, can... Come let's on. unpack this, because it kind of didn't make sense for me a minute until, like, later on in the episode, but I think it's worth going into now versus then. So, mm-hmm. he, we mentioned before, he was a cop, he was married with a daughter, he went undercover, I think that entailed him moving to Hong Kong in order to stay undercover, don't know why she came, didn't need to go, maybe that's why she's mad, he dragged her there, is what she says, and- Instead of, instead of letting them stay, ho- like, home alone in San, in San Francisco. Francisco. Maybe he was worried for her safety, doesn't, we don't know that, mm-hmm. it's unclear. Um, the daughter was probably an infant at that point, so that could be part of it. But, so they, they get dragged, quote-unquote, to, to Hong Kong. Those are her words, yes. yeah. And then, um, he gets caught in Hong Kong, framed for a drug crime. He gets sent to jail. I guess she's stranded in Hong Kong, moves back home, uh, divorces him while he's in jail. He writes her a ton of letters. She does not answer the letters. She gets remarried to this new guy, Coach Dave Scott, um, or whatever they call him. He just, uh, is his name on the show? <laughs> this it's piece like of shit. Philip or something? Um, yeah, it's Philip. Yeah, yeah. Philip. Phil. Philip. He comes up. Um, of course, the minute he shows up, he just comes. So she sees him at the edge of the rink. She's talking to him, 
And then, like, the minute Philip comes sauntering up, you're just like, oh, this guy. If you've ever watched a show where you get, like, the stepfather who's a rude asshole who's, like, rich or some version of that, you're just like, oh. And so he just is, like, immediately, like, hi. He's like, yeah, you must be Chang. He's like, yeah, and yeah, and you must be Philip. And he's like, yeah, I am. He's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, trying to watch my daughter do some ice skating. I haven't seen her since I've been out of prison. So it's implied that, like, he got out of prison, moved back to San Francisco, has been there for several months as they've been watching her off and on or just, like, living his life alone. And they've never even made an outreach to him. If he's been writing to them or calling them, it's never been answered. So, like, it's kind of screwed up. Like, just because he was in jail doesn't mean he yeah. doesn't get to see his daughter ever again. And again, she doesn't believe that he actually did the crime she that he's that in prison for. I don't know if it's in this scene, but it definitely is later where she says, like, I'm only mad because you took me to Hong Kong. Which is yeah, just, it's, it's like, here. And this, it's yeah. her first scene. Like, that's insane. So, like, she's basically admitting, like, I'm only, I'm not mad at you for the crime they framed you for. I'm only mad you dragged me to Hong Kong. And then he's like, well, let's talk about it. And then this guy comes up and, like, cuts the tension further and then, like, just sort of is rude he in his He face. calls Chang an intrusion in their family. Right. And so then, which again, they're both white. And I feel like it's not too subtle, at least, to me. That, the like, optics. The optics the of optics. him, like, we're a happy family. You don't need to come back into her life again. And All I could think is, like, they have no legal, like, to stand on, right? To keep him away well, from Well, so daughter. that's what I'm most confused about, is, like, where did they get the... What judge approved this restraining order? So, I, we should say, the, I mean, we'll, we'll jump ahead, but, like, yeah. he basically gets hit with a restraining order because he's been, like, watching his it daughter seen, from afar. But, like... Th- he, this fucking Guy Fieri who gives him the restraining order, this would not happen, where he says, uh, uh, you've been served, obviously that's what you would say, but it's like, stay a hundred yards away from your daughter, yeah, you've like, been served, and make sure... Like, you, you would not say that. Loki, I just want to give you extra props for pro- properly pronouncing Guy Fieri's name. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I know that's, like, a stupid thing to dwell on, but I'm always like, oh, someone else has, like, seen him correct people. Like, God bless you, God, Daddy. <laughs> but anyway, so, like, yeah, he, he basically gets hit with a restraining order for wanting to see his daughter. I don't, he could hit them with a restraining order, couldn't he? Like, I don't understand, why can't, why can't he sue for custody? It's just, it's confusing. I don't think that, that I mean, unless there's some kind of a weird statute, like, if you've been in jail in China, you can't get custody, but I don't know. If he needed a character witness, I'm guessing the people in the San Fran PD know he was innocent of the crime. Like, he could get, like, what was her name, Lisa or whatever, to talk on his behalf about how he wasn't a crooked cop. Even, listen, even if they all believe him as he was somebody who had, like, bad vibes... I don't think that begrudges you from being able to visit your child, like, once a month or something. Like, maybe he's not going to have partial visitation, but he could at least see her, like, you know, like, uh, there'd be chaperone visitation or whatever you want to call it. Like, it'd be some version of, like, we'll go meet at a park once a month and he'll say hi to her. Like, that'd be shitty, but I feel like it's, like, I don't know what else they expect because unless there's, they're not Hong Kong-born citizens, so I don't think that they have any right to say, like, you're not allowed to be in her life. Like... I don't know. I, I feel bad because we're probably, we have probably huge blind spots about, like, the legal system and people who've been formerly incarcerated. I get that maybe the, the reason that he's not able to get any custody is that, but it's shitty. But it's not like the person who is the reason he got incarcerated is, like, long gone. He literally catches him, and it doesn't become a big deal at I all, know. which is insane. And he's able to, like, operate with all these kids as an educator without any issues. So, like, I don't think it's, like, that serious a crime. I don't understand any of that part of it. I mean, I get it in the sense that they're treating it like he's the third third wheel to the fucking oh, yeah, extreme, but, like, 
The actual obstacles keeping him from seeing his daughter are the worst part of the uh, the show. Yeah, it's it's confusing because you don't really understand what they are because they're just hitting him with a restraining order for trying to be involved, which it's not like it's not even like uh, it's not like he was a deadbeat dad who all of a sudden showed up. Like he he literally could not have shown up, something like that, where he could actually put her life in jeopardy. It's just somebody who's just. Happened to be framed for a crime and then got out of jail. Served his time too. Don't even doesn't even sound like he just got off scot free. He's like, I'm so confused. <laughs> but regardless, he gets hit with a restraining order after this conversation, and it's just a bunch of them like, you know, mouthing off to each other, not liking it. Um, and uh, he talks with Master Lee about it, like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? I got hit with this restraining order. He's like, sounds like you need some money to go to court and try and get rid of it. Um, or some version of that, right? I mean, I couldn't even really understand what he was suggesting. He was basically just laughing at him, yeah. like, what Master Lee, gonna happen? Master Lee calls out how stupid he was yeah. for turning down the, the, the bounty hunter thing. It's, it's Master very, Lee doesn't play. It's very naive for him to think he's never gonna need money again as somebody who's just starting a business and doesn't get to see his daughter regularly. Like, you should know, like, I need to save up some money and try and get some, some visitation rights. Because clearly, it seems like he's been attempting to do it, like, the the polite legal way of just, like, contacting them, but they're not answering his attempts. So, like, he started to see her. Like, it's a little shady that he's showing up unannounced and stuff, but, like, he's not, like, waving to her and saying, hey, it's me. He's just one, he's in the background watching her. It's his daughter. Like, I I don't know. I know on some level that's probably creepy to a lot of people, but, like, I don't know what else they've really left him with besides, like... I think it's creepy lady later after the... the, oh, when, the he, when he goes to the school. Steps. Yeah. <laughs> that was Yeah, that, that's great. creepy. That was not great. Alright, so he talks with Lee. Lee says, you should probably just get some money together and get, uh, get a lawyer. Yeah. And so he goes but back before to that, the bail bondsman. Uh, Sarah Carter joins the, the class. Oh, because... yes. Well, that's after yes. this. He goes to the bail bondsman. He gets an assignment. He's going to get $5,000 uh, to get the guy who killed uh, Missy's dad. So he just gets, mm-hmm. like, an assignment. And he's like, here's the guy's name. Um, he goes yeah, and that, chases that... down some random drug dealer. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. He somehow knows somebody who's in that, like, Quote, unquote, Which again, the actual police should know this. Right, and he he literally like gets the assignment. Go, it's like nighttime. Next morning, goes first thing in the morning, gets the assignment, finds the guy at noon. He's off on the beat, getting Billy Woo by like afternoon, midnight. <laughs> like it's crazy. It takes him twenty four hours to do what the police have not been able to do for ostensibly like a year at this point or more. Because the way Missy Peregrine talks about her dad, it's been a while. Um, it's been a while. But so they're. They go back to the the gym, and uh, we find, uh, like you said, uh, Allie is now, (laughs) wants to join the gym. Um, She comes in the next morning, and she's, like, I guess he's, like, walking, or is he, like, finishing the painting? I think because they're painting the front of the place. She walks in, and he's outside doing something. And she, there's Coldplay, Don't Panic playing, and she comes up and this, this poor, this white girl tries to do her best to do, like, the Tai Chi, and it looks so bad. I don't know what, she's great otherwise, but, like, there's something about, like, someone, like, she, she comes riding up on a bicycle, she stops the bicycle. I think she gets better as it goes on, yeah. but I feel like we shouldn't judge them too much about how bad or good they are in this pilot, because, like, Agreed. months it's, later is when they would have gotten more training. To me, it's more funny, because the juxtaposition is, like... He, it's like this guy who's like a trained martial arts whiz is watching this little blonde girl do like a bunch of moves set to Coldplay. <laughs> and it's just, there's silence also, and it's just her doing moves yeah. to Coldplay. When she, 
It's great. When he she approaches him to like ask to be in it, uh, she, he finds out that she's like she knows Ray J. Is like, are you friends? Like, and he realizes, oh, he copies off you. He really he clocks it very quickly. Oh, right. When I said earlier, well, we mentioned earlier, he has the new new people and old people pair off again. He says like, you're his tutor, and then she's like, oh, not really. He's like, he copies off you. I'm like, how could you know that? I'm like, because he's reading on her face that she's into him, but like. Dude, it was just, he has, like, an uncanny ability to read people in this, which I guess is good for yeah. him. Uh, and then he, he sets it up so that they have to partner up, and Rage is like, do I have to? He's like, well, you don't have to date her, Jesus I Christ. Just, I just, what is wrong with him? He never puts up a, a stink when it's, like, a stranger, either. So it's, like, it's just very, it's confusing the way they, they portray this. It's just not realistic to me. Um, him, like, I don't understand her. why he hates her so much. For no reason, basically. Um, so yeah, so he also, he goes into the next lesson explaining to them what happens. He, he does mention to her before that though, he says like, you should try and play hard to get, you get the win by patience, not pursuing. And, and then she does, and then she also just gets over him completely. Immediately. Like the minute he says that, she's like, yeah, this is too much. I'm just going to leave it. And then she never talks about him again, which I kind of respect. She barely even talks to him again. Right. Like it's so great. great. I love it. Um, because she starts to see, she starts to see Missy doing all her moves and she's like, man, oh, I yeah, level up. <laughs> Okay, we're we're about to get there. We're about to get to, to their, their scene. Okay, so this is the scene. Well, first of all, before that happens, um, yeah, Chang takes Missy aside and he's like, "Listen, he's like talking to her about like how he he doesn't he gets eventually tells her about the dad stuff, but like at first he's like, let's just practice me and you." And there's this great scene which I mentioned before the Buffy scenes. This to me strikes me as like you could see this right out of the back of the magic box where it's just. Um, Giles and Buffy do when they're like Tai Chi pra- like practicing it is a great scene and I feel like there's like some good music playing I don't know what it is but they're just like doing their thing they're just both doing their moves it's just it's just so nice to see two people who have a good chemistry be good with each other and there's nothing weird about it there's nothing awkward it's just a nice scene with two people who are just like friendly and then in the next scene he does explain like oh by the way um, I'm gonna go get your dad's murderer. And she's like, what? She's like, oh my and she's like, I want to come with you. Yeah. And he's like, no. And then and she's he, like, what? Why'd you tell me? Yeah, like, so he says, she says, I want to help. And he's like, no, it's too dangerous. And she's like, why tell me? I'm like, good question. <laughs> <laughs> good question. Even though you're a child, that's a great question. Because he should not have told you until he had already he's got like, I thought I would make you feel better. Like, no, no. You and stupid then he, idiot. And then, like, have you been listening to her at all this whole time? In true dad form, he just sort of like saunters away. <laughs> like there's nothing <laughs> he can do. He like pats her on the shoulder and walks away. <laughs> they're there. Yeah, like they're there and then just leaves. And she's, again, back to her, like, emo, like, staring off onto the water, and then starts crying again. Um, I don't know if she cried the first time, but she was definitely emo the first she time. She starts crying when she gets to her, her motorcycle. Oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. And this is where my notes are just like, more lesbian energy. Oh, yes, here we go. By the end of the scene, th- that's where I wrote, gay. <laughs> so, they, <laughs> they God. are, like, literally, it's, like, played as if they're, like, a love interest. Because, honestly, this in is, other shows, this would be... This is a meet-cute. This would be Corey Sevier's, like, part, basically. Like, it's interesting they chose her instead of, like, one of the guys. But And the thing is, like, obviously, they they, tr- they try to make uh, her and Corey Sevier's thing, and then they break up. It's like, yeah, that's for that the best. Really fit. It wasn't... That wasn't right. It didn't Love them well. both, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't work. She looks like five years older than him too. It's weird because like this is actually the same basic year as um, North Shore. This is like right before North Shore, 
But like mm-hmm. he looks a full like five years younger because of the, I guess it's the brunette hair. Maybe yeah, it's the, the dark hair. hair I think. And he just looks a lot older, but he looks so young here. Um, I wonder how old he actually. Yeah, is. he looks like a baby on North Shore. Yeah, but like he looks like old enough on North Shore. Yeah, in this show it's like maybe it's probably because he's being beaten up a lot and he's got the bruises and he just looks very like and he's thin. Like he just doesn't look nearly as like old for some reason. Uh, looks yeah. like so he's born in eighty four. So he is just 20 in this. So he's old, but not, like... I guess maybe by 22 he's put on some, like, enough baby fat that he looks older. Or at least, like, the right age. Here he looks like a full teenager. And them them being together, it's not bad, because Missy Peregrine, you can never really pin down her age. She always has, like, a very unique look. So you're like, I think she's a teenager, or I, I think she's in her 20s. <laughs> like, even now, if you look at pictures of Missy Peregrine, she looks like she could be in her 20s. Like, you can't really pin down how old she is. But, um, basically, uh, he, he's a little bit younger than her, and I think that it didn't really work out. But, regardless, it's partly because they're both very traumatized people, and, like, they're not ready to jump into a relationship with both hands. The girls, however, after this episode, they're closer to that. Oh. I feel like that's what they're implying, but I don't know, they never went there. Every single one of their scenes, it's... The final I... scene we'll have to talk about, because it's truly one of the most iconic lesbian moments I've ever seen on any of these shows we've done. I, <laughs> I tried, I'm exactly, I was like, I'm not going to reach for this, and then it like just happened, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? It's... Like, the lesbian content just keeps dropping in our laps, I swear to God. <laughs> we're not even seeking it out, guys. Along with the three doors down, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, we were we were here to, like, drool over Corey Sevier. Yes! Like, and then this happened. Specifically for Corey Sevier and, of course, Missy Paragram. And then we find out there's, like, a secret other lesbian romance in this. It's just, it's just ongoing lesbianness. Um, lesbianism, I should say. Uh, but, yeah, yes. so they're, they're, like, um, she's crying. Uh, Allie comes out and she's like, are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. And then they have this, this the whole conversation is clearly dubbed because it's like right on the water. <laughs> so like, her, yeah, her, it's probably raining in Vancouver her again. do not match up, but it's like, they attempted, an attempt was made. And like, she's basically just like, it's okay. They like comfort, there's not even really a ton that even goes on. It's just that, like, the vibe is like a meet cute, like you're saying. Allie is like, you're, you're part of the reason I'm here. Right. Uh, I saw you she saw her kick guy. that guy's ass. She says, I loved it. It made me want to be like you. I'm like, mm, the fanfic like writes itself. <laughs> like you? Okay. Uh, but yeah, so she's just like, you're my hero. And she's like, thanks. And then like, literally like an actual superhero, she like straddles the motorcycle, pulls her helmet on, and she's like, it's actually nice to see another girl around here. And then like, pops it on her head. And then, boom, boom, kick, and then zooms off on a motorcycle. And I'm like, what is So hot. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, to have these, like, this little meat cute and all this, like, sweet, like, staring off into the water and then have her hop on a motorcycle and drive away was just, like, I didn't even see the motorcycle at first. So when that happened, I truly screamed. I was like, <laughs> she's on a fucking, like, Yamaha? Like, what are we watching? Oh, God, guys. It's not even, like, just, like, a motorcycle. It's, like, a little, like, like, what do you call those? Like, uh, oh, there's a name for it. I can't think of what they're called. But they're, like, little, like, zippy motorbikes. It's just great. She just looks like a movie star, which is just still, honestly, I still feel like, even though we've gone over a lot of she's, things she's done, and we've talked about the other roles she's had, Hollywood needs to respect Missy Peregram a lot more. I, it's crazy I, that she's not more famous. She has her own CBS show now that I need to watch. Yeah, FBI, right? But, like, it's just... Yeah. It's, she it's should not the be same. starring in stuff. She is so good and consistently good. 
even in like a random one-off show I've never seen like this, she's great in every scene. Like it's just she she'll save a show, even if a show is not even like worth saving half the time. This one I think would have been, but anyway. So she's um she's off on like, her own. It's just somehow the episode doesn't end there. No, like that could have been the end of the episode. It would have been like da 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 da. On a more modern what? nothing show, was resolved, but I don't care. For them too, if this is a little bit more modern. But uh, we also find out like Corey Sevier, um he's talking to Chang about like his life and why he wants to join. Yeah, and he missed class apparently. He comes with like a split lip, and he's like, "Oh!" And then he's like, "What's wrong? Did you get in a fight?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, but you surely you got into a fight when you were a kid." And Chang's like, "Not every day." He's like, "Ooh, <laughs> you're supposed Yikes. to be like okay," <laughs> because we find out later on after he gets home. I guess, like, Chang follows him. I think he, like, goes to his house, Well, no, right? this was... Yeah, he goes to his house, and then that's where they're having the conversation, and yeah. see why he didn't come to, to class. And, mm-hmm. um, the father comes up, like, real real aggressive, just like, hey, what are you doing here, random person? Um, uh, where are you here? And first... You know, is he in yeah, trouble? Yeah, of course, he's, he's my teacher. And then his dad's like, oh, are you in trouble? He's like, no, he's fine. But then Chang, not reading the room, is like, I'm his martial arts instructor. Mm-hmm. No! Okay. Read the room. And then Don't he, tell him that. It's the equivalent of, it's like as if the dad grabbed him by the back of the neck and like squeezed. He's like, oh, my boy here. And he just keeps squeezing. And then Corey Savia just looks like really pained. Um, and then Chang's like, okay, see you tomorrow or whatever. And then they go in the house and the dad's like immediately like a fucking stereotype and abu- of an abusive dad. And he's just like, you're taking karate to get back at your old man. <laughs> it's just like, And he whoa, makes clear, it's whoa. not karate. Yeah, it's just very, very, well, he, he says this. They say that partly because I think they want to be like, Dad, it's martial arts. And then the dad's like, whatever, it's not that big a deal. Like, you need to calm down. I could still take you in a fight. And he, like, starts basically, like, kicking the shit out of his son, which is disgusting. And then, um, Chang comes running in. I guess he had probably maybe read the room better than we thought he did. He was, like, lurking and listening. Which, he must have great hearing, because they're fully inside the house while they're having this (laughs) fight. But it is, like, an aggressive, like, he knocks him over a table and stuff, which is disgusting. And he comes running in. I don't even hear him come in, but it's great. He just, like, appears like a fucking, like, superhero. And he's like, what are you doing inside my house? And he's like, like an idiot, even though he just explained to him that this is his martial arts teacher, the father tries to take Chang and runs at him. And, of course, the second he hits him, Chang is like, boom, 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 and then immediately takes him down. Like, I'm not doing a great job of explaining it because it's a visual medium, but, like, it's a good fight. Chang takes him down in probably three hits. And he's, like, knocked down on the floor. Um, he brings... First of all, notes were also just like, call the cops! Because the next morning, he's just, like, at at, at the uh, gym with Corey Savier. And it's like, hey, we're gonna you're gonna stay here for a night. And I'm like, are you calling the cops? But then he, he very specifically says, like, yes, when the cops come, you're gonna give a very specific statement that explains your father has been yeah. abusive. <clears throat> so I guess they did call the cops that night, but he's like, I guess he's gonna give a full statement now today. It's unclear. And I almost think that he took him home and then called the cops because they would have come to the house and they would have taken yeah. a statement there. But it's probably better that he took him out. I don't think that he But the thing cop. really that gets me is when Chang says, make sure they know about the drinking and like the multiple offenses. And I, I wrote in my notes, <laughs> they're not going to care, but apparently they end up caring. I guess because he's a, a white kid. Mm. But he... They didn't care for his, his mom, who he right. told a story about. So he, his mom had... He mentions his mom is not in the picture anymore. She ran away. Because she had already called the cops about this multiple times, and the father had gone to jail and then gotten out at some point and immediately come and beat her up. Like, it's crazy. It's not a good situation, and instead of actually, like, listening to her at the time, they just sort of put it off, and now 
she's gone, and he's now taking the brunt of it. It's just not a good time. And then, um, at least, I think the benefit of having Chang have been a cop, he's like, I'm calling the cop. Like, some other mm-hmm. version of the show would be, he takes the kid in, the father comes back to try and take the kid, and then they fight, and then he realizes he's not his kid anymore, he's Chang's kid, or some stupid shit like that. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Chang is like, we're calling the cops, like adults, and they're coming over to take your statement. Um, although we don't see that. That happens after that, the fact. Um, and then, uh, later on we also see, like, I guess maybe where, where, um, Chang gets it. Because him and, um, Master Lee go off to go find the guy, B- Billy Wu, who killed Missy's father. Um, so they're doing, like, some, some, uh, background work again to try and get some information from, like, a den of iniquity somewhere downtown. And of course, uh, underground Mahjong. I just feel bad. Like, the one thing is, like, it's very nice that the show has a, uh, I believe he's Chinese American lead, but like yeah. a lot of the stuff involving this... anyone who's not him is just criminal. So it's not a great yeah. look, but um... I guess he was like he was a narcotics det- narcotics detective. He does obviously probably know a lot of seedy individuals. That actually checks out, I guess. I guess, but like even like the random people he's taking down are all just like happen to be like what? How, why is her father murdered by a random Chinese guy? Like what are the odds of all the random people? It happens to be another Chinese guy he might know through this, but... I mean, it is San Francisco, but we don't... Yeah, so. her dad, don't yeah, her dad was a sergeant, but we don't know what particular part, it's like, true. division he was he in. It could have been, like, a friend of his in Tom Chang's, like, yeah. district or whatever, but uh, anyway. So she, um, uh, she sees them, well, I guess it's after the fact, we'll say. Uh, Lee and Chang go down to this, this, uh, game. There's a great scene where, uh, we should mention that, uh, Master Lee is played by Mako. He's another, like, famous, I mean, uh, martial arts, uh, kung fu master, I don't know how else to describe it, like, he's done a lot of similarly, like, uh, intense roles, or at least definitely voiced them, he's a very good voice actor as well, but he's great, because, like, the two of them- He's, um, he's, well, he's the Mr. Miyagi uh, character in the movie Sidekicks. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. He's just been doing this for a year. If you look him up, you've probably seen him in something or heard him in something, he's a very famous actor and voice actor. But, um, what's, what's funny is, I think this entire episode, you're meant to underestimate him, because he's this little old man. And he, he's, he's clearly retired, he just wants to fish. Yeah, he's off fishing, and he's looking adorable all the time, he's got, like, he's got no, no, no qualms with anybody the way that, that Chang has, like, he doesn't have, like, anybody in his life hassling him, he's just a retired old man, and he comes up to this big bouncer at this, this, like, nightclub ma- mahjong place, and he, you, he goes up to him and he's like, you've got, because the bouncer guy is there, you know, for the mob. And he's like, you've got three options. It's like, I don't even know what they were. It's like, you leave, I beat you up. Or no, he says two options. Well, he gives him two options and the you third one is I beat messing you up. these options. Like, actually, there's a third option. And he just like fucking murders the dude. Like throws him through the door. Like 15 feet. It doesn't make sense, but I love every second of it. <laughs> because this guy is like again like a frail like five two like old old man and then like he hits him in just the right angle that he goes flying like ten feet back and like falls into a table and then you get a bunch of people like scrambling to grab mahjong tiles it's great and then he walks up to the um I guess the guy in charge of it all it's not super clear who he is just like you know a figurehead I would say and he's like I'm looking for Billy Wu and he's like okay he's like I don't know his whole life but I do hear that he's getting on a boat at 8 p.m. tonight. It's, like, very <laughs> weird. And he knows exactly where the guy is. I guess... I don't know why he gives him up. I guess he just wants to get 
get him out of there or something? It's Yeah, he has no allegiance to this dude. Okay. So, so he just, yeah. I think he probably, like, took his money in order to get him out. Maybe that's the yeah. thing. But he, um, he, dire- he directs them in the right way. So he finds out, like, he's going to be at this pier. Or no, he's going to be leaving on a boat in somewhere yeah. near the piers, but he doesn't know which and one. And then later at, at the school, he, he gets a phone call and he finds out what pier it will be. And he's, so he calls, if he calls or he gets a call from someone and he's trying to figure out which pier and he's saying this, Missy shows up and she's like, hey, where's Chang? And then she walks up to his office and hears And him. yeah, also that's the first time she inter- uh, she interacts with Corey and it's a different, it's a different vibe. It's like just, oh, hello, strange person. And it's, it's not like, and now I'm going to coolly drive off on a motorcycle right, after like, they get off. Jesus. And so she hears him say, like, Pier 6 or whatever, and then he's like, ooh, Pier 6. And so she runs off to go meet him there, essentially. She claims it's to, like, give him back up later on. I think it was <laughs> she was going to try and take him out herself. But oh, it's yeah, very definitely. much just like, I'm going to go avenge my father. Um, and she goes running And off she does, her. actually. Yeah, which is kind of nice, but anyway. She actually, she's the one who beats up the guy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice. Um, so she goes running to the pier first. And there's this great scene where, like, she gets there first, she starts taking guys out from the shadows. It's great. It's, it's a delight. But then her cellular phone rings. Yes, it's like, a, I'm like, girl, either put your phone in the river or on silent. Like, what are you doing? I don't understand. Or the bay or whatever works right there. Because she's, like, it's she's so, doing amazing until then. It's just, like, the first thing she should have thought of. And she she's on top of everything else, but she just... She's a child, I guess. And then, so it rings, and of course, all the guys that are... Because so we should say, like, the guy, Billy Woo, is there... He's, like, waiting for this, I guess, like, a old, like, boat to come up or something. I don't know that it's, like, a big boat. They kind of describe it like he's just going to be whisked off onto international water. So, I don't yeah. know if it's, like, a tugboat. I don't know if it's, like, a, a, <laughs> tugboat. a liner, like, a cruise liner. It's not really clear. But he's, like, waiting for a ship. And they're playing, like, cards or, or like, dice or something. It's not clear. And then they're all just, like, him and, like, a couple guys are just <clears throat> hanging out at the pier. So, she starts, t- she takes out the one guy who's, like, their lookout. Um, I don't even know why they'd have a... I guess he knows that someone's after him. It's 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 mm. confusing, because, like, he's been MIA for months at this point, so you'd think that he would probably be a little bit, like, I'm untouchable, but he still has a lookout. She takes out a lookout. She's still, like... I mean, the fact that he's able to hide this me- much means that he is, maybe, he is very cautious. That's true. Which is That's good. True. And so she's, like, you know, lurking in the shadows, taking the one guy out. She's lurking, her phone rings. They all see her, they all stop what they're doing, and they get up, and they're, like circle her she's like outnumbered by like three or four people and then it's then the most insane thing yeah and so then we see which we honestly has not been established he has a motorcycle as well until just this moment I don't and know. also this is not martial arts what happens no. in this moment it's beautiful that's what it is so she's like like it's literally like a cartoon level like insanity where she's like she's stuck in the middle there's, like, four guys surrounding her, and they're all, like, encircling her, so they're all, like, moving in a circle around her, instead of just, like, running at her and, like, taking her down. But, like, it's a very, like, ominous scene. And then it cuts to the right, and you see, like, a lone motorcycle light, like, lamp headlight come flying in, and it's Chang on a motorcycle, zooming down the pier, and he goes and then- flying in! It's great! <laughs> And he, like, tilts it to the side, and then he flies onto, like, this weird crane thing. It's amazing. It's insane. It's their whole budget, clearly. (laughs) It was that shot. Nothing like that ever happens again in this show. No, it's so good, though. And so he gets, like, comes flying out of the darkness, just, like, boom, pow. Everyone's, like, taking them on. She takes on some of the guys. She takes down the guy that killed her father. He takes on the other ones. They're all going at it. It's great. 
there is a scene where the one guy literally pulls out a semi-automatic gun again for no reason, and then she and throws he stops it, it before it can She's happens. able to throw a full <clears throat> barrel at him, which I don't understand how she was able to do that. Because if that's full of liquid, that gotta be like a ton of liquid. It just doesn't make sense. But I love it. I love every second of it. It's just like it's just it's just it's the good stuff. I don't know how this is Not, again. Nothing like that isn't and. It's the rest of the show is never has a moment like that motorcycle moment, and yeah. it's insane. And I do, I want to say too. I mentioned um, that this is the TV show. This is produced by people who who've done similar movies that are like you know martial arts action films or kung fu. This is really good fight scene choreography, and I feel like that needs to at least be specified because as someone who's watched a lot of like Jackie Chan stuff, it's a really specific type of like martial arts. Film, filming that they can do, and they it's actually better, give the effort. It's to do better it. fight choreography and directing than the Rush Hour TV show they tried to do, which was awful on that front as well. Oh, this is—I mean, we've only seen the one episode. I mean, I've seen a couple now, but like we've only seen the one season of this. But this was up there with like, like a uh, Buffy or Daredevil or something. Like they're trying, they're making big swings. Like they probably would have done a lot more if they had had more time filming this. But like mm-hmm. they're not half-assing it. They clearly put in the work. They're doing a ton of moves. There's, like, interesting moves, too. They're not just, like, boom, boom, boom. Like, they're doing, like, backflips and, like, back kicks. And, like, they're doing, like, 180s and stuff. Like, I don't know the whole, like, terminology of it. I'm sure there's, like, a way to, to view this with, like, an actual lens of people who are familiar with the art. But, like, I I will link to... The one thing I will reference is there's a great um, YouTube video by... I think it's Tony Zhu, I think. Um, Every Frame of Painting with Jackie Chan. There's a great background on how Jackie Chan filmed his martial arts that I think is honored here to some degree where you're actually seeing the hits connect. You're not like cutting for like action shots, which yeah. really takes away from the the art form of it, which I think that's why this works so well. This whole show works so well because they treat it like the art form that it is. They're not just making like the like oh like making like boom 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 boom. It's like actual like they're hitting, they're putting in the time and the energy to actually hit people. And I feel like some shows don't bother with that. It does not end well. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's all I will say for that. And then so she, she afterwards, she they take them down. They're all, like, passed out on the ground, knocked out. And she's a little upset. And she, like, goes over to, to Chang and she's like, I thought it would feel better. And he's like, well, you know, nothing ever makes it feel better. That's what I was trying to tell you this whole time. It's <laughs> like, that's what you just kind of deal with trauma. Like, it's kind of just like, that's trauma. <laughs> but then she's like, you could say thank you. <laughs> I know, right? He's like, what are you talking Again, about? Again, she, like, did, ki- she did kick Billy Woo's ass. Yeah. She did that. And I think that's actually, like, a really beautiful way to view it. Because, like, there's a way of this where she's, like, she feels vindicated at the end. And then she's like, I'm going to be, I'm going to take on my, my own role as, like, a teacher and help you and, like, train other people. Instead, she's like, that didn't work. I thought it would, like, fill the void. And he's like, no, you have to just kind of keep working at it and realizing that, like, you can't just, there's no magic button that gets rid of that. You have to, like, put the effort in eventually over time to, like, meditate and, like, be one with, like, your emotions and then learn to heal. Like, you're not going to just feel better the next day after you, like, get the guy who killed your dad. You know what I mean? Like, he's still gone. You have to deal with that in a different way. Um, and it's, it's like, a very complicated ending to, like, a show that could easily have just been like, we did it! High five! <laughs> you know? Um, but they don't do that. There's this other awkward scene, though, which we mentioned before, where he goes to his daughter's school with this restraining order now in fact, in effect, and he, like, counts to 100 yards exactly from the school, which is a creepy view. Like, I know yeah. that it's his daughter, but, like, 
if you're counting the distance between you and a bunch of children, it's never a good look, no matter what. Um, yeah. So he's just, like, wa- watching her from, like, behind a tree. And he's just like, oh, and there's, like, she's filmed in slow motion. It's just it's kind of creepy. It's um, not great. Yeah, and then so later on, um, he has a scene with Lee, Master Lee, and he's like, well, we did it. We got the guy, and I'm going to try and money. I'm gonna figure out what to do about the, uh, uh, restraining order and stuff he's like it'll be okay. yeah that's basically it, that he says thing. they're gonna fight him every way and they're gonna like make it long because they have the money and everything it's like they they're the bad guys here yeah like it's, it's not a reason not to try it's like chill out master <laughs> like, yeah. well no i'm just saying in general it's i don't know if the show was ever trying to make them seem good because oh, no, I everything they're doing is they horrible yeah no it's not even it's very confusing like we, we i tried to unpack that as clearly as possible before but like Essentially, these are people that are just like, um, now that the father has been out of her life, we just want to keep it that way. He, she's my daughter now. It's, like, very gross. Like, no. Just because he was he was uh, incarcerated does not mean that he was not her father. And it's fucked up that you're trying to take that away from her. Because she's old enough, too, to make a decision, which we'll get to in later on in other episodes. She's not, like, a baby baby. She's, like, I think supposed to be, like, what, like, six or seven or something? Like, she has an mm. opinion of her own. If she wants to see her dad... She should be able to fucking see her dad. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I mean, he's not a harm to her, I should say. Like, I don't think that it's, it's wrong to, like, you know, if, if he was genuinely supposed to be, like, a threat to her, that's a whole other conversation. He is clearly just, like, wants to be in her life. Even if it's supervised, he wants to be around, and they're just not having it. Because, again, I think it's very clear that the stepfather just wants her to be his daughter now, which is really creepy, because you don't just get to assume that kid is your daughter and just get rid of the father in her life. It's very weird. Um, yeah, it's very controlling. Yeah. It's like, so he's sort of like, I went through all the trouble of dealing with her, and now she's mine, so get the fuck out of here. It's like, no, like, just because you, like, put in some time and effort to become her stepfather doesn't mean you just negate her own father. It's just strange. But, um, yeah, so he he's, like, watching her, and after he talks with Lee, I guess he feels better about it. Um, later on, him and um, Sevier have finished painting the front of the uh, gym, and... There's, like, a nice scene where they're like, oh, this is this looks good. And they have, like, a little logo of, like, all the little circles, uh, which is cute. And then we get, like, this nice this nice wrap-up, which I think is wrap-up to our main anger plot, which is just Ray J versus uh, Allie. And she's now kind of, like, coming to her own after, like, all that mm-hmm. good lesbian energy has, like, infiltrated her pores. <laughs> and she's, That's like... That's exactly what happened. Yeah. She's, like, let's go. It's me versus you. And he's, like, all right, I guess. And she, like, flips him. And... <laughs> He's like, whoa, what the hell? And she's like... Yeah, he was trying to get... He's also trying to tell her to, like, let him copy her homework again. Yeah, and then she says, like, do your own homework, and the whole place, like, erupts in applause. Everyone applauds! Which I was already clapping on my own, so I just love... Like, I start clapping, and they all, like, start clapping. (laughs) I was like, yes! And that is the first episode of this lovely pilot of a show. Yay, we did it! Alright, well, in addition to this, we did watch a couple of episodes forward. I think there were only six that aired. Um, yeah. There were eight that were shot, I guess. I guess the other two are, like, lost to the universe. I don't know. It's yeah. They never weird. even, like, aired internationally. Depressing. If they're out there, somebody release the tapes, please. Release the tapes! Yes. Um, but yeah, so it was a wild ride throughout the rest of the season. So do you want to, like, skim over some of your favorites and I'll, like, give my input where I can? Well, there's just so much going on. Again, it's so it's also Canadian. Uh, we have a lot of art, uh, Ray J DJing, which I laughed so hard oh, the first so time we DJed, and the song, well, just hearing it, Tyrese, Ugh. Dark Child, I was like, oh my god, it's so 2003. bad. 
Well, there's a scene, too, where they play, like, Daniel Bedingfield. Like, it's not even, like, ironically. Boop, Yeah. Uh, it's 2003, we were all playing Daniel Bedingfield. And it's just like, I was like, oh my god. Like, it felt something in my pores. Because, like, I see his name in that song, and I, like, I'm like, oh yeah, that was, like, a one-hit wonder-ish kind of song. And I'm like, well, well, whatever. And then, like, I hear it, and I'm like, oh no. It, like, is inside my, like, body. Like, my core. <laughs> it's inside my soul. Yeah, like, there's certain songs when you hear it, you can, like, picture the last time you were dancing to it, and it was probably in, like, 6th or 7th grade. It's wild to watch. But I yeah. gotta get through yeah. this. I gotta get through this. It's very distinct. And that was stuck in my head forever. Yeah. Um, but so, we also get introduced to Drew Fuller in the next couple episodes. Um, yeah. Second episode is Nick. kind of dull. There's not a ton to do in the next episode. But in the third episode, Nick comes in. And Nick is... Oh, my God. oh yeah, because the, epi- the second episode is pushing the, the Corey Savier, uh, Missy Peregrine romance hard. Where they're like, they're double date on bikes. I'm like, no, this isn't the relationship I want. No, and I feel like they even were like, eh. We're gonna pass. (laughs) It's like from that point forward, they just don't even talk about it. Basically, like they date for like a second, and then they they break up in that episode where Nick gets uh someone thinks he killed someone. They break up in that same episode just because Corey Sevier is he's right when he's like calling Nick a fucking asshole, but because they're all like trying to prove he didn't murder someone, she's like, I have to break up with you. That was crazy. Um, we'll get to that episode in a second. Yeah, yeah. There's like some false accusations of murder. Um, third episode, Drew Fuller shows up. Yes. His character is basically just- Oh! Like, <laughs> he's a piece of shit. It's the worst. So, I, I a, hate Ray J. But he's also a psycho. Yeah, which he is a psycho. Which is great. So, we hate Ray J, as established. <laughs> IRL and on the show. Um, <laughs> but, like, regardless- You're supposed to hate Drew Fuller's character. Yes, and so- Because he's a crazy person. Drew Fuller shows up, to give you an idea of how wild his character is, he, like- is basically immediately introed into the the gym. Like, he shows up at the gym with, like, his mom or something, and he's like, yeah, I'll be part of the crew. And then he, like, gets thrown into... Uh, When he gets on Missy's bike and she's like, get off, I'm like, well, yeah, of course, that's only for Allie. Only she can get on your bike. (laughs) Jesus. But he, he, like, walks into the gym and he's, like, one of the gang now. He's part of the the class. And they're like, hey, why don't you... You're both, like... He's my oldest protege, Ray J, and you're this... You've already been... He's been been taught at other schools, it's been said. So he's like, you've got experience, why don't you go together, you guys team up, and everyone's doing some basic, like, we're going to show you the moves of our gym because it's different everywhere, and here's how we do our stuff. And he's, like, he's like egging Ray J on, and he says stuff like, I forget what exactly he gets him to say, but he's like, look, you want to take this, like, a little bit off the book or something like that? And he's like, sure. Yeah. And then, like, like, open it up or whatever is what he says. Open it up, I guess, like, the terminology. And then instead of, like, fighting, like, an, a clean, casual, like, intro level that they're supposed to be doing, he starts, like, going at Ray J, and then Ray J's like, what the fuck? And so Ray J kind of gets enticed into actually, like, hitting him back with the same level, and Ray J kind of goes buckwild on him, like, he knocks him down, and, like, it's great. He, like, kicks him out, and, like, takes him down, and he falls. And then, of course, you know, you get Chang come over, like, what the hell, Ray J? And it's like, listen, he clearly instigated, but you didn't happen to see it, but... You're immediately you're like oh anyone that's willing to do that is kind of an asshole and you're like Ugh. and then from that point forward it just gets worse and worse with him because he escalates mm-hmm. to a point where he what does he even do I forget the actual like reason why he does it I guess just to feel alive but like, yeah cause martial arts is the only thing he's good at okay so stupid he brings Ray J which is a highly like I, I will say like especially just like Ray J it's a highly um, 
charged scene because it's like he brings Ray J to a club. It's like a dive bar. Yeah, like a, a dive bar. Yeah, where it, he it's a, he hustles people to start fights. Predominantly, it's a white bar. I don't know for sure if it's like a mm-hmm. one yeah. versus the other. But like, there's a very different version of like. Hey, I'm this like uptight like prick, prick of a white guy. I'm gonna go pick a fight in a bar, and then bringing Ray J to the same bar and doing this. I'm like, this guy get killed. I'm like, you're an idiot. Or if the cops come, you don't know the situation. Like, I just it was a bad idea from the get go. But regardless, he brings him to this bar, and he basically like he's like, here's how I do it. And he's like, what do you what what do you do? And he like walks up to some guy like playing. And also like we should say like when he's introduced, he's like wearing like normal like old navy clothes because it's like 2003. Yeah, he, he's he he's doing it for the like, hustle, so he. he Dresses yeah. like he looks like an extra from like Big Love. And, like, yeah, he's, he's dressing like super preppy to like be unassuming. Right, and he's trying to look weak and, and fragile. And he walks up to this this t- tough biker looking dude and like accidentally like shoves himself into his arm as they're like bending over pool. And the guy's like, "You just fucking lost me two hundred bucks or whatever." He's like, "What about it?" And he's like, "I'm gonna kill you. We'll take this outside." He's like, "Okay." And they both go outside, which is not realistic either. They probably would have fought in the club, but whatever. They go outside, and then they begin. They begin like an actual like Fight Club style in the street brawl. And then you have Drew Fuller, who's like, "Bet on me." Rachel's like, "Well, Pio, <laughs> Bot's boom plays at this point, yeah. and then it turns into the XC's my goddess." I'm like, "This is 2003, <laughs> baby." And Rachel's like, "I'm not gonna bet on you. I'm calling the cops." Like, this is crazy. And then he immediately bets on him. Yeah, but then like he he basically is trying to the way he sets it up, which is not even fully explained. He just like brings Ray J and like teaches him on the fly, which is not cool to do with anybody. But so he brings Ray J and he's like, "I'm gonna have you bet on me so that when I s- suddenly go on." A rampage after like taking a ton of like he's supposed to be taking a ton of hits for a while mm-hmm. like you know old school boxing style until he tires the guy out and then just goes nuts because he's like a like a kung fu wizard or whatever and then like yeah. he's gonna take him out and then like he'll he'll win the upset after people have been betting against this like uptight prick guy losing immediately and then you'll like win the spoils but of course things escalate and he keeps doing it and he's like trying to hustle all these people at the same bar each time he's like well the clientele changes every night but like come on it wouldn't it wouldn't though like that's what's so frustrating to me like the whole scene they're all stupid and then you have um, again stupid children yeah and then you have eventually chang shows up to 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 stop it and like literally like dominates everyone (laughs) but like there's the whole plot is so pointless like what 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 have you almost learned but you know what else was in this episode is the episode where missy pretends she's a girly girl to date this guy to which when her mother says if it were up to you you'd be wearing ripped jeans and a motorcycle jacket to which i replied she's so gay but also who's against that Anyone doesn't want to date her wearing that. I'm like, that's what Missy Peregrine... I mean, I don't want to try and judge her, but I feel like that's what she looks best in. So, like... Yes. I don't understand who's, like... She's not my type when she's wearing that outfit, because that's, like, what she looks like. Her face matches that. Like, mm-hmm. the minute she starts wearing the dresses, you're like, what, what is she wearing? Like, but it doesn't match Al- her. Allie comes to help her, and she brings a bunch of dresses for her to try on. And again, they're in love. It's, it's another... <laughs> Scene where it's like, well, this is the fan fiction right here. Yeah, and I don't think that, like, I mean, Missy Peregrine can wear dresses just fine, but I do think yes. that, like, most of her characters <laughs> let, are... Let Missy wear dresses. Yes. But most of her characters are people that are, t- like, tomboyish in some way or another, and that's just fine. Like, I would like more people representing, like, the basically, like, non-gendered, just, like, androgynous outfits that she wears in basically every major role she's played. Um... Like, it's just, like, she's the type that's gonna wear, you know, like, a, a pantsuit over anything else, even. But, uh, yeah, so she's, she's, um, 
trying to get it with the guy. She tries to like pretend like she's she's girly, quote unquote. Are they junior? They're like juniors or seniors in high school, right? It's unclear, but yeah, they're definitely like. I think they're juniors. They're older than freshmen for sure. That's all I definitely. Yeah. And yeah, she meets this guy while she's wearing the dress, and he's apparently a sophomore at college. Right. And it's yeah. good. It all works. Like, it's a good look, but... It works until she has to beat... She beats the shit out of a mugger it is in great. front of him. It's great. And he's, like, suddenly threatened by that, and she's like, maybe I shouldn't be with him. It's like, yeah, girl, you shouldn't. Because <laughs> anyone who's, like, threatened by that is not worth your yeah, time Yeah, seriously. Anyway. I thought it was uh, pretty <sighs> funny, though, when she, she didn't realize that he was pulling out the seat for her. That was cute. Yeah. I mean, she's just a very charming person. Yeah. Regardless, so I can get why he's interested in her, but I just don't understand why he's like turned off by anything she does at all because it's just busy jerk. <laughs> it's like her being a badass. I'm like, yes, this is it. I know, and then her being a girl, girl. I'm like, yeah, this is it too. Like, I'll take anything, please, thank you. <laughs> like, <it all laughs> makes sense. And so, anyway, so she—that's the one episode. Um, oh, and that's also the one where Allie's mom dates Mr. Kajang. I forgot about that. There's just this awful like. What if I dated your mom scene, and then he does, and it doesn't work out, and then boom, boom, boom. Next, yeah, it's fine, episode, yeah. Nothing happens. Um, but yeah, so next episode. Oh, also, oh, yeah. Drew Fuller, like, hits on Allie. Like, they have a, a thing. They do have, like, a back and forth thing, too. Which, honestly, they have more chemistry than Sevier and Peregrim, I will say. That's true. I mean, but again, Allie and Peregrim have more chemistry than all of them. Yes, of course. Right. Um, so episode four is the... I gotta get through this. I gotta get through this. Um, which is the... It's... I think it's Yingli or Jingli is um, Master Li's son, long lost prodigal son, returns. And oh, yeah. he basically, like, fucked up. And the whole episode is just him... Oh, yeah. He's a crazy person. It's a bad... He abuses children. It's a bad... It's a bad... Plot. I don't like that plot at all. I basically fast forward into all. Of he literally just be- he beats up Drew Four. <laughs> he like he beats up kids. Yeah, That's so he, the plot. he wants in on the he wants back in on the gym because again this is originally Master Lee's thing. So like even mm. though obviously Ch- Chang is in charge of it, he's like sure I'll like he's Chang is not Master Lee's son. So like he's like yeah if you want me to bring in your son to the fold I'll try because it's like your rightful heir. So he yeah. tries to like help out here and there and then as they're fighting he of course. Nick is again. We mentioned like a wild child, so he just starts instigating all these fights with him to try. But and the, prove he, he calls out the bullshit about being like masochistic. Yeah, and it's like a suicide. Because uh, the brick clearly, thing, the brick thing. Like one look at the guy at the beginning is like, okay, if he's Master Lee's son and he already has this stance, he's probably gonna kill me. And instead of that, I mean, again, he doesn't operate under. Well, so we should say too, like he doesn't operate under. The, he's supposed to operate under their laws of like they don't. I don't think they're supposed to kill mm. people. But then, like, yeah. this guy was, like, the prodigal son. He's been lost, and he had to come back and, like, immediately start, like, kissing the ground when he first sees his dad. So, like, you mm-hmm. don't know what he's been doing. He may have been abusing the martial arts and been using it for violence. Like, he very well may almost kill this guy, which he does essentially, like, fucking go hard on Drew Fuller. So, like, it's a stupid decision to be like, yeah, I think of all the people I'm gonna try it on you. And then <laughs> he immediately gets, like, thrown to the wall. I'm <laughs> like, it's bad. Um, yeah, so that, that scene, those are scenes are rough. Um, the rest of the episode four is mostly just, like, background stuff. I don't think there was a ton that really went on. Yeah, there's, it's really, it's all about the son and Tom. It's, like, not really about the kids, really. Mm -hmm. Well, episode five is all about the kids. Oh, wait, uh, four also, it's Ray J's, like, plot with, like, the girl and, like, her ex-boyfriend, played by Warren Christie from Alphas. 
That's not good either. <laughs> we can skip that yeah. part. Th- but yeah, that's like the, the one kid plot in that episode, which is insane. I don't even know how it's resolved. Well, we should I say, like- the, the reason why there's not as many kid stuff in that one is because the next episode is like fully kid stuff. Which is, I gotta get through this. Yeah, the prime, <laughs> I gotta get through this. The prime suspect, which is like basically a whodunit over, a kid gets murdered at one of the parties they get to. <laughs> Yes, with Sean Seafoss has a, a party. Is it a knife? It looks like rebar. Like, yeah, like knife. That. Okay, it looks like rebar when he's on the ground. But I guess super it's, murdered. It's wild. So, like, we should say, like, they go to this party. He gets in a fight with Nick again. Nick is, like, always there causing fights. They're at a party having fun. Like, Nick and Allie are, like, a, they're ready to, like, do it, honestly. Yeah. And then um, the guy, like, gets in a fight with And Xavier and Peregrine are dating at this point. They, like, kissed at the end of the last episode or whatever. Right. And now they're a couple. And, and they're having fun. The, and they're, then... like, fighting, kind of. Like, they're not fighting, but, like, um, Nick and this Nick guy that into... dies, they're, like, kind of yeah. antagonists to each other. Because the guy who is dating someone, by the way, uh, apparently he's Allie's ex-boyfriend and he's really pissed that she, like, is with a guy at, at, this, at his best friend's party. Yeah. Um... It's Riley is his ex-girlfriend. Ethan is, is the other dude who's there. And then Julian mm-hmm. is the other guy as well. Um, yeah. The guy who died, I forget his name, though. Uh, he Damon? was uh, Damon. Damon. Yeah. So Damon dies, and then they're like, who did this? And there's just, like, a knife in his stomach. And there's, like, a lot of, like, ooh, this is crazy. And, of course, the only person that actually called a cop this is the paragraph. I'm... Oh, yeah, because, well... They, like, discover his body. It's, like, fucked up. It's not, like... The kids are wilding out in this episode. I'm just, like, these kids are not okay. All of the kids. They're acting, like, college or older kids, too, because it's, like, this big, giant house party, and then, like, someone, like, wanders into a corner and then finds this guy's body in, like, the brush. It's, like, what the fuck? Like, it's a very dark scene, because it's not, like, you know, you watch the kid, like, fall from a high... Like place mm-hmm. or whatever, or like yeah. he's not responsive to like alcohol poisoning. It's like oh wait, he's got a knife. I forgot the funniest part chest. about this whole thing is that before he dies, when he's fighting with Nick, he pepper sprays Nick in the eyes. Oh yeah, that was great. Nick has to go wash I his face. This. That's great. I love that this 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 teenage boy had pepper spray. But <laughs> I know that makes no sense. I guess he's got a gr- he's got the girlfriend. No, he doesn't. That's the other guy has. I don't know. Yeah, he has a girlfriend. No, wait. Maybe well, that it, that was his girlfriend. Well, we don't want to reveal the I end. Know. So I was like, what? But so, I guess they, like, get into it, and then everyone's thinking it's Nick, because, of course, Nick is our... But, like, there's a huge they got into a fight. between, like, gossipy high school, and then, like, did this guy murder someone? Well, everyone but... thinks it's Nick's a psycho, because Nick is a psycho. True. And it's literally, like, he's leaving the party, and Allie's like, I'll come with you, but he's like, no, just stay, and he leaves by himself, and then, dead body, and <laughs> when the cops get here, Sevier... He, like, completely drops a dime on, on the kind of terrible person Nick is, and Missy's like, what the hell? It's awkward. And that's what is it's used. It's like, and, and he's like, why would I defend this guy? He's, like, he's looking for trouble. He brings up, like, the, the, the fight club thing. It's a good where he, like, point. He was hustling I mean, like, for I fights. I don't like yeah. people intervening in other people's relationships, because it's, you never really know, but, like, it's definitely mm-hmm. not good. I don't know. Yeah. It's not good. And uh, she does dis- distance herself from him as a result because she's like, maybe he is the guy who murdered him. Like, she thinks about it. She's like, you know, you're kind of right. Let me just break this up real quick. And then she's like, hey, Nick, um, we're going to break up for a little bit. Sorry about that. And then he's just like, they don't oh. even get to. K- Honestly, they don't even get to kiss. Like, there's a lot of we're, we're about to kiss in this episode and they don't. Yeah. And, and then he disappears. He just disappears. But like, um, they do they do find out that it was the girlfriend that did it because basically mm-hmm. it's it's revealed that like first there's like another person, Crowd Chuck, who plays like this creepy, the kid very creepy who's kid been, like, taking, um, what is he he takes 
SATs for people, um, kind of Mike yeah. uh, Ross style, and then tries to you know get them the right score they want. And it turns mm-hmm. out that uh, one of the guys, Julian, who's like the best quote unquote best friend of the guy, um, paid mm-hmm. him to get a bad score for this other guy. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah, he got Donovan a 9-10, even though Donovan was, like, he was, like, ivy-bound, basically. It makes zero sense, because <clears throat> wouldn't that guy then just go immediately after Ethan? Which he does, technically, but, like, it's just, it's not like it's, like, you're, you're gonna be my study guide, and he, like, tells him how to study wrong. He just took the test, right? Like, But the other thing is also, like, <sighs> there's this whole cheating, like, an affair situation happening... It's very and, confusing. It's basically like yeah. his Donna, girlfriend guess, is dating is is secretly having an affair with Julian, his best yeah. friend. So and then he, he doesn't want to yeah. go. He wants to ruin his life as a result. And of Dame, this. yeah, and Damon, I guess, was going to go like drop the dime on them and the whole cheating thing. And that's when she, they're like, he's ruining everything. So it's like time to murder. And then she has a no she has a fight scene because everyone has a fight scene. And she's like secretly okay at karate or like she's, martial arts. It's like it's just not challenging. Not but right. she's, she's insane. It's just she's like she's a murderer. Yeah, like, but it's just it's a wild scene because it's like it's the equivalent of like if you know how to do like jujitsu, everyone you happen to meet knows how to do jujitsu. It's like no, yeah. it work like that. Then why are you even taking these classes? Right. <laughs> uh, but so she's just like kind of like it, they suddenly they talk to her like she's like this nice girl, and then suddenly like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, five minutes into the conversation, it's, like, revealed, like, oh, no, you're full, like, psycho, and, like, she's about to kill them, too. Um, well, she realizes well, so they're gonna figure it out. Yeah. So we're done with this episode. Let's talk about the last episode, because it has the breakup and makeup of our favorite relationship. Okay. So, well, first of all, we, uh, let's just talk about the other part of it to get it out of the way, because I don't need to dwell on this part as much, because it's, it's kind of moot in the background. Uh, Chang's daughter comes to him. She wants to know him better. They kind yeah. of bond. He teaches and her the some courts or some um, tai chi. It's cute. And then and the it. court, like uh, the judge says, like fuck this restraining order. This is ridiculous. But also, um, like let the daughter decide. Basically, let her like think of things through. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she is not sure yet. But they, she's like, I would like to know you. So she comes and like shows up at his at his gym, and they like hang out together. He teaches her. It's adorable. It's like the two of them doing tai chi together is like my heart pounds. But then he like makes her some tea, and they like sit there, and she's like, "I'd like you to be my father or be in my life or whatever." And he's like, "I'd like mm-hmm. that too, basically." And they just they bond, which is sweet. Um, also, there's like some other stuff in the background with like Ray J and like mm-hmm. the DJing shit. I don't care. Like, oh yes, yeah. he, he goes from a DJ to being a bouncer. It's useless. So the who whole cares? Is um, <laughs> but yes, also, an underage bouncer to let his underage friends get into a club. Stupid, and that's why no, there is no underage bouncers for the record. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Um, Nick is in the wind. He like went back to visit his family in another. Country. Yeah, he went overseas to visit his dad. Unclear. So is, Unclear. But what we what we came up with because this was mid season two thousand three show, and that fall it would have been uh, his season of Charmed when he showed up. So he probably booked Charmed, and that's yeah, what it was. So he up. basically was like, <laughs> Nick went overseas to star on Charmed now. <laughs> yes, which is also set in San Francisco. <laughs> right, like, it's just like, he's he's in town, guys. He just moved, like, uh, lots. <laughs> he moved to the version of San Francisco that actually has the sunshine. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my god. But so, yeah, so that that's that. Um, and then also, on top of this, um, we get the best plot of all, which is, well, best plot, best slash 
upset. Best for what it, it leads to, it's, not for what's actually happening. I'm so, insane. Let me just say, like, I first of all, I'm both proud of myself and horrified by the whole plot because okay, we have Allie goes to the park. She's doing her Tai Chi moves. Which I, I, mm-hmm. I hopefully I'm, I'm giving that as much of like a visual as I'm, I've been trying this whole time. It's basically just like literally like Tai Chi. They're practicing what it would look like if they were doing martial arts, not as fast as if they're doing martial arts. So it's just like slow movements of like kind of like a meditative like a uh, kind of it almost kind of looks like some yoga in a, in a little pinch. But like they're in the park. She's just doing this into the wind. It looks a little odd because she's just like out there doing this on her own. But uh, there's this guy who like comes up to her and like is like off on the side, and just snaps a picture of her. And I was thinking about it in the moment, and I'm like, okay, it's, like, 2019, everyone has, like, cameras on their phones at this point. I know that people do take photos of, like, everybody in the park, and I have seen, like, some photos of people, like, in the wind, like, doing stuff, but, like, usually you have to ask for permission to take a photo of someone, or at least they're far enough away you can't see their face. Oh, yeah. This is pretty close, and, like, she This guy's immediately creepy. So she comes up to him, which I was like... I'm, again, I'm not blaming her for any of this, but it's like, girl, She's a child. Girl, do not walk up to a guy taking photos of you in the park. So if anything, I want to impart that on other people listening. Don't do that. Not that you're going to do that, but like... Don't. I wish you could. I wish this is a world where that would not end up terribly. But immediately I was like, oh my god, if he's taking photos of her with like an SLR camera, I'm like, this is not good. And so she's like, oh, can I see photos? She says she's nervous about how she looks in photos, which I was like, girl, again, crazy. um, She needs Missy around to tell her how gorgeous she is. Right, and she's like, oh, I'm pretty insecure about it, so I guess that's good to know. And then she takes his camera to look at the pictures, and she's like, that's not too bad. And then she snaps a photo of him, and he's like, ha, now we're even. I was like, immediately, I'm like, they're treating this like it's a meet cute, but this is fucking creepy as shit, and I am completely put off by him from the get-go. Also, he acts like he's fucking, like, an extra at a swim fan or something. Like, he's, he's in a very different he's so show. creepy immediately. <sighs> I don't understand it at all. But he's- He's apparently he- also another sophomore in college, but I guess they're like, what is the proper- Like, what is the right amount of age difference we can do without it being creepy? And sophomore it's in college is what they landed that. on. It's not that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> But so he's like, you know, um, let's hang out sometime or whatever. I don't even know what he says. He's sort of like, let's let's hang or. I just like kind of zoned out of like the creep alert. Creep alert. I don't alert, even know they alert. actually like exchange numbers, but it's just clear to me that like he's interested in her and she's like not against it, which I was like, okay. You know, you, you know how like, you talk to some people and they tell you about how they met and you're just like, oh my god, I would never have let someone who talked to me like that ever stay in my life, but you're married now? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, it's possible that's like, okay, it worked for her, but like, it definitely comes across like he was weird and it's a little odd that she just was like, okay with it. But whatever. She's on the rebound. She never even gets to kiss Nick. It's not my life. I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm just gonna put it in the back burner. Just a little bit weird for me. Next mm-hmm. couple scenes, we, Missy Peregrine, he shows up at the... They go out together. Well, this is after yeah, they have like the coffee or whatever, and then yeah. like she leaves, and then he immediately goes off to like start flicking pics of another woman who's just there. Well, I think he like, like follows he, her there though, right? Or no? Like he brings up. He probably of- did. If he's it's okay. Here's if they the, weren't supposed to meet, maybe they just bumped into bumped into each other. Well, quote. quote unquote, bumped into each other, and then like he has all these printed out photos, like black and white photos of her. <laughs> Sorry, I sneezed. Um, <laughs> he has all these black and white photos of her, like, or, like, just regular photos of her, I guess, printed out, allegedly, in this little, like, um, middle folder. 
and he brings them over to the stu- to the gym because I guess he talked to her about her what she was doing, which is the martial mm-hmm. arts, and he knows which gym she goes to. So he goes to that gym, and Missy Peregrine's there alone. And he's immediately finally, creepy like, to her. Fresh air, she's immediately like, "Who the fuck are you? What are you doing here?" I was like, "That's the kind of that's the energy I'm putting out in the world." She's like, "Stay away from her. Get a job." Like, immediately, she's <laughs> like, "Who are you? You're not to be here if you don't. You're not a member of this gym." Who are you? All this kind of like basic questioning that I would I would honestly recommend everyone take up in their life. But regardless, she's just like immediately like coming in hot and heavy and just like, um, sure. And then he's like, uh, I'll give you the photos for her. these are her photos. I was here to drop them off, which is really shady because he just saw her. Which I was like, either he's making an excuse to come see her again, or he's just scoping out where she works and lives or does. Oh, stuff. it's it's definitely both. It's creepy and it's just like. You don't need to be giving her this stuff. You could have given it to her last time you saw her, or at least, like, have a better excuse instead of just, like, I'm here to stalk her some more. And Missy Peregrine immediately, like, honestly, like, clocks that and was just like, um, I'll give them to her, but you should just let her know next time you're gonna pop in because this is not, like, a place she would want you to just show up unannounced. And he, like, gives her the folder, and then when she goes to grab it, like, he holds it. And then she has to, like, yank it from him, and it's so gross. Like, that scene alone, I was like, okay, if he didn't have red flags before, he's literally a matador at this point. So, like, it's it's not clear at this point you're supposed to be taking Missy Peregrine's side. At first, you're kind of, it's they're playing it like she's overreacting. She's, like, tough girl who's just, you know, the, the, the man-eater who's, like, biting down his throat. Like, okay, you're immediately giving him no credit at all. And you kind of get that vibe because, honestly, her, Allison's or Allie's re- reaction to it is like, oh, well, we're just hanging out. You didn't need to react like that. And she's like, it was weird, Allison. Like, he was just showed up out of nowhere. I was the only one here. And, like, he dropped off yeah. his stuff for you. And she's like, whatever. Yeah. They I get like into a little them. argument about this. And I'm like, no, stop, stop. And, she, and I think partly maybe because she's just defensive that she would be that vulnerable. I think partly she kind of does feel like, I have a decent judge of character. I don't want to be treated like I'm an idiot. So I mean, and I, and I but you were in love with Ray J, so you're not a decent judge of character. <laughs> a, a fair, a fair point. But like at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know that she's trying to say like you're an idiot or anything. She's just saying like, like I wouldn't be, be like, that. Watch out! Yeah. I wouldn't be that open to guys sometimes if you meet them in the park in the middle of the day. Um, but so she says like, well, you're just jealous because I have a boyfriend now, and you and, and you just broke up with Sevier or whatever. And she's like, yeah. I'm not. I'm just warning you. You're my friend. And she's like, all right. And they just kind like, of we won't heads. talk about this. Yeah, but they, they're they're still good when they go yeah, to like the, it's just the club. Like, yeah, she had a rough conversation with a, a good friend, like everyone usually does. Like she, her girlfriend said, "Hey, I'm worried about you," and she's like. I'm fine, which is not necessarily, like, a bad thing, but they had a tough conversation. So it's just, like, we're gonna drop it, yeah. Then, next couple scenes, I don't know what exactly, I guess, because she's just headstrong like that, which I love, uh, Missy keeps researching him a little bit, because she's like, I'm weirded out by this guy, and I don't know why, and I want to figure it out. So she, Oh, like, we should also talk about at the club, where not only does he refuse to dance oh, with Allie, yeah. then he destroys the bathroom. They go to, they go to like a, a club, they a all A weird dance. rapist panic attack. Yeah, they all go to a club, they dance. I think the guys are there too, right? And then like there yeah. are people dance. Like it's it's yeah, it's Ali, uh, Missy, um, Creep, and um, Sevier is there. But he's like he decides to leave because he can't just handle being her friend. Yeah, and then in, in it's like two different forms of of toxic masculinity. You have that, and you have a guy destroying a bathroom. 
Yeah. Like, so, why did he even come out there? He wasn't going to dance, and he just ended up destroying a bathroom. I don't know. Listen, guys of the world, if you don't want to dance, you don't <laughs> have to dance, but then don't agree to go to a fucking dance club. Just saying it's not my deal, I'm not going to go. Because oh. he goes to this club, and he's like, I don't want to dance. It's like, well, what are you going to do, stand on the edge? It's not like a high school dance. It's really not really meant to be. Speaking... <sighs> Speaking of dancing, uh, I just remembered uh, the party episode again because, again, the show knows what the people wanted. So I, I'm just remembering Allie's dream. She's like dreaming of the night of the party, and she's dreaming of the. Uh, she has the part where it's like Sevier and Peregrine dancing, but like all of a sudden Sevier's show is wide open during this dancing right. scene that it's we never great. saw. I'm like. This is this is what the show should be. That reeks of like a producer coming up and she's like, I know what the girls like. <laughs> and then yes. Immediately, boom, opens. The he's not shirtless as much as you would want him in the show, but he's shirtless enough. Right? Like, where are these scenes of them like sweating at the gym, like four hours into a session of of Tai Chi? That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> they should all be shirtless, to be honest. This podcast has gotten so horny. Yeah, but okay, so at the club, I will say too, like just a, uh, I would say like another, like you know, hey. Dancing isn't for everybody, but I will say, dancing, no one, okay, there are people that love dancing. They exist, of course. I, I enjoy it a little bit, whatever. But, like, when you go to a club or you go to, like, a party or a wedding or something and you have to dance, you don't have to dance, but, like, no one necessarily enjoys it at first. Like, you kind of have to force yourself to do it a little yeah. bit. Once you do it some, or you've been drinking or whatever, you feel more loose, loose about it. But, like, generally speaking, if you're wondering, like... I don't want to dance because I feel awkward dancing. It's like, guess what? Most people do. You just have to kind of submit to the fact that you're you going to went- be vulnerable and look goofy doing it and just have a good yeah. time. Because You meant to meet up with this teenage girl at a dance club. At least right. fucking dance, you creep. And so I think generally speaking, it actually, which I do, they, I mentioned this now because it's kind of like a metaphor and I don't want to make it sound like I'm just throwing everybody who doesn't, quote unquote, doesn't like to dance under the bus. Just try dancing. You might end up liking it. You have to just force yourself to do it a little bit. But so, regardless of this, he goes to this club, and instead of trying to, like, submit to it, and just, even just, like, swaying around, I'm not talking like you need to, like, do some fucking break dancing. just, like, all you need to do is just kind of wag around a little bit and let her lead, and then that's it. Like, you don't have to be a sophisticated dancer to just, like, have a good time and, like, play on her level. He has such a control freak, like, psychotic edge that I think that the idea of being a goofy person dancing at a club is giving up his control, and he can't handle it. So, like, he truly has, like, a, a, fu- a breakdown because, like, he knows how stupid it looks to not dance at a fucking dance club. And this girl is, like, pointedly, like, the whole reason we came here was to hang out, so maybe we shouldn't hang out anymore. And he feels like he's blowing it, which he is. And he has, like, a conniption in the bathroom. And he, like, breaks the paper towel dispenser. And he's, like, a, does, I don't, does he actually break the mirror? I feel like he's a minute away from breaking the mirror. I don't think he breaks the mirror, but he, like, knocks over the trash can and everything. He trashes the place. If, if he didn't like, punch the mirror, he basically, like, emotionally punches the mirror, and then, like, just leaves, right? I don't even know if he actually even says anything. Yeah, there's no way he stays around, yeah. It's very strange. And they don't so see So, basically, the girls just end up being alone. Right. Um, but they also don't show this to the girls, which I think it's kind of a shame, because, like, they don't see him escalate to a level of, like, once he's basically, like, snubbed for not dancing at the, like, once they realize he's not gonna dance, they're like, okay, well, we're gonna dance, and we'll see you when you're done, and if you wanna hang out afterwards, that's cool, but we came here to dance. And he just, like, storms off, trashes the bathroom, and leaves. They don't see him do that, which is just a shame, because now they're thinking, like, okay, he just left. Like, an adult would leave. Like, you're right, I shouldn't have come, I'll see you later. Text me when your guys are out of here. That kind of thing. 
Instead, he, like, throws a tantrum and leaves. So they don't realize, like, he has that ability, not ability, he has that, like, predilection to, like, freak out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like, snaps. So they just think, like, okay, he just left. So she still agrees to hang out with him the next day, even though that happened. Mm-hmm. And I forget what the, the plan is, but basically she, like, gets in the car with them and they're, like, driving across town. And he's like, uh, house. we can get a coffee, uh, and she's not by my place, like, it's, like, two blocks away or whatever. And she's like, okay. It's a really awkward scene, and I feel really bad mm-hmm. for her because she's trying really hard, but, like, you can tell, like, the poor girl is just clearly terrified and doesn't know what to do. Yeah. She's, so, like, she's clearly, she, before she was just like, a, a guy's giving me attention, you know, I just had this thing with Nick, it didn't work out. I think she's realizing she's not even into this guy anyway. Right, and she's like, why am I even doing this? And then, in the meantime, Missy, it's not really clear that she doesn't, she doesn't really have an issue with him the night before at the club. But she is already kind of has this, this bad, like, vibe from this guy. So she just, like, continues, like, looking into him. I don't know how she figures it out. I forget what exactly happened. Well, no, but... she... Because she calls uh, someone from the apartment. Because she still has, like... She, oh, okay. She, I know yeah, she had a, dad, yeah. I saw she She calls uh, Tyrell from uh, Battlestar Galactica. Okay, I must have been fast-forwarding that part. Because I only saw her holding yeah, yeah. business card. And I was like, okay, the business card says that he's a assaulter? I'm like, that's not... That's, that can't be possible. Like... I thought that she was no, no, holding, yeah. Like, she 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 gets him to pull his record. Okay, so she's holding a business card. She calls her her connection at the the police station. He pulls the record. The guy has assaulted women before, which seems mm-hmm. to me like the kind of thing that, like you go to jail for. I don't know, <laughs> but like I guess not. Um, so he he you is, you wouldn't want to destroy this this young man's life for sexually assaulting women. Why would you want to do that? Jesus. And so he basically is outed as like a creep. Um, and she, she's in the car with them, and she's like doesn't know this yet missy calls her cell phone leaves a message basically like hey missy by the way he's uh, he's awful he could sexually assault you don't go anywhere alone with him and then like poor Allie hears this on the phone she's in the car with him they're pulling up to his house and it's so awkward because then she's like oh my girlfriend needs me to photocopy something for her for her class i have to leave and she like basically tries to run out of the car and i'm like just say it's an emergency. Maybe he well, would actually... I don't know. I don't try to... Well, he tries to, like, keep her from doing it, so she has to, like, beat him up. Yeah. Well, she, but, and so she gets, he, he locks the car door and keeps her in the mm-hmm. car. But, like, I partly it's, like, there's... I, I'm not trying to blame her. It's just, like, the, the excuse of, like, my girlfriend has to photocopy something, I need to leave, and then, like, they're at his house. It doesn't really make a ton of sense that she would just run out of the car. <laughs> she yeah. should just be like, oh, I feel but, sick or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's just not... It doesn't work. He immediately knows that she's lying and knows his game and then like locks the car and then she like fucking like throat punches him basically knocks him out unlocks the car um goes so she's free but missy has gone to his house meanwhile she went to his house to get evidence which is like girl you're not a cop just call the cops there's a bunch of pictures he took of her like he's been stalking her too like she's next yeah and so she's alone in the house and then this amazing scene starts. And this scene Yes, with the is... best soundtrack ever. <sighs> so, did we mention earlier the Three Doors Down? That was the Three Doors Down. The, the surprise Three Doors Down where I bust out laughing? Because I was like, I was not expecting wild. that. Yeah, that was earlier. Or maybe it's later. Yeah, Here Without You. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, God, that was weird. But then there's this other scene now where we have Evanescence starts up. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like Bring me to life place during the scene. And it's amazing. And I don't know how to describe. I feel like this scene is like, um, it's very Veronica Mars. Um, yes. finale esque or like yes but yeah it's yeah it's like Veronica Morris meets Scream at the end of Scream where it's just like yeah. they're alone in the house with a the guy 
and she knows he's there. Eventually, he figures out the window's open, so he realizes she's there, and they're, they're on different levels, and they don't want to run into each other, and then they're just trying to, like, she's trying to get out, he's trying to keep her in, or, or assault her, I guess. Um, and then- attack her. A- and then Allie comes to save her girlfriend. Yeah, and then so she, so, so anyway, she eventually she gets to the door. It's locked. He mm-hmm. comes up behind her and starts like hitting her or whatever. It's confusing a little bit because I guess maybe he's understanding he has like psycho strength, but I'm like Missy mm-hmm. Peregrine was taking down like Billy Woo. I don't know why she's having a hard time with this <laughs> guy, but for some reason he has like this, this unending ability to like keep getting up and like jumping at. Maybe I think he kind of gets the jump on her and that's like enough. Yeah. Beginning. That she's a little bit weakened. And then as they're still fighting in the kitchen, out of nowhere, I guess Alice, Allie realizes, like, how does she yeah. realize that she's there? Oh, no, she, she tells her, because they're, they're on the cell phone. She tells there's her she's- There's some great yes. scenes, though. Like, we're kind of skipping over, like, there's a scene where he goes into the bathroom and she's, like, it's, like, right out of a horror movie. Like, she's curled mm-hmm. neck bent in the bathtub trying to mm-hmm. make it, like, she can't. he can't see her. Because, you know, normally, like, all those, like, you know, Ninja Turtle style, like, is there someone in the bathtub? And you open it and there's nobody there. Like- it's a beautiful way for her to keep herself from being a shadow in the bathtub, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. if she was standing up, the light would hit her and he might see her in the bathtub. But she's, like, curled in a ball in this old-school clawfoot tub, and it's a very, very, very chilling image. Um, and then, like, later on, eventually they start fighting. And then, um, at some point, when she went downstairs, um, Allie called her, or she called Allie, and was like, I'm in the house, Jesus. And it's like, stay still, I'm coming to get you. And I'm like, I hope some of these people called the cops. She could have called the cops at any point. I, no, she did, she did, she told okay. her to call 911. She has Good. called 911, but before they get there, she Allie's busted. Already, remember, Allie was, like, right outside the house when the, yeah. she got out. So then she comes running in, literally, like, comes she kicks the door down. in, like, Buffy, like, like, legs first through the door, like, immediately charges, slams the guy down, and then the two of them together take him down it's amazing and then it's like literally like the two of them it looks like faith and buffy that's why i think they mm-hmm. work together it's like they have like those like one fist up one fist down looks and it's just like, and then down. we get the gayest final scene <laughs> yes all right so that, end that the series. Scene enough like that scene was already wild and then we get this amazing final scene i will like i don't even know how where I'll it starts with them stretching mind. together by the way they're helping each other stretch you, you know I was as already, you do i was already in my notes like okay <laughs> a few notes i took for these episodes i was like are they stretching each other <laughs> what it's like so like after that we just discussed they like show the two of them on the waterfront again where their relationship started and they're like i'm so sorry that happened and she's like listen, I was looking out for you. I'm okay that it happened. Like, I was there to try and protect you in the first place. I made the decision to go myself. And she's like, yeah, but I could have realized that he was a creep. And she's like, well, now you know, and you'll have more of a vibe. I just happen to be around more creeps growing up or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's understandable. They don't blame each other. It's very nice. And they're just like, yeah, let's, like, look out for each other. And she's like, yeah, sister's doing it. (laughs) That's, like, all the conversation (laughs) is. Like, it's completely nonsense, but I love it. And, like, meanwhile, like, Allie has her leg up super high, and she's stretching out her, like, because they're, you know, martial artists. They're stretching her leg muscles. And then Missy has her up real high. And it's just, like, it's so weird. It's such a weird scene. Or, I don't know if it's just Allie, but either way, they're just stretching each other in a weird way. Yeah. Where she's, like, holding Allie's feet as she, like, leans. It's a, it's a bizarre scene. <laughs> that you're it's supposed a, to watch this a... and not take it like they're <laughs> romantic. Like they're not in love, sure. It's stupid. And then, like, it's, like, literally, like, there's, like, a, a bright sunshine out in the, in the distance, and there's, like, a breeze, and, like, their hair is fluffing in the wind, and, like, she's holding her feet, and they, like, walk into the place together, and you're just, like, this is 
of relationship. And then they go, and then she's like, I, I should have written it down. I wonder if I can even pull it back up. Like, the scene, every word out of her mouth is an innuendo when they start doing oh. the scene. <laughs> like, she says, like, they flip if I, like, took you down right now. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, she, Missy says that. I'm like, says, what the hell? Allie says that to Missy, I think. She's like, oh, no, Missy says it to Allie. Which yeah, Missy like, says it to Allie. Which I was like, this is suspicious because no one would flip. That's what they expect to happen, Missy. And I was like, yeah. unless you mean something else. <laughs> <laughs> But she says, she says, literally, quote, they'd really freak out if I took you down right now. Like, it's not even subtle. And it's like, yeah, I've been waiting for you to take me down or something like that. It's just like, yeah, we're going to throw it out. It's like very, very And this is how it ends. Like, there's just them circling, like. So they put their arms up in this traditional Tai Chi style, like. Yeah, they're just poses, yeah. I, I, I feel bad if I've been saying Tai Chi wrong, but that's really the only thing I can think of. Because it's really not, like, traditional martial arts in the sense of, like, like an actual expect. fight. It's just, like, it looks, honestly, it looks like the fucking dance from Vampire Diaries. <laughs> like, that's yes! Like, yes! That on the that's Founder's Day Ball. <laughs> that is literally Founder's Day Ball style chemistry, where they both have their arms up, and they, like, walk in circles of each other. It really other, is. And it's like, and then they switch ways, and then it's, like, very Founder's Day. And they're both, like, I mean, at least Missy has, like, a, like a sports bra on, and they're all sweaty, and they're just, like, Ugh. And there's, like, sun shining in. And, like, that's the final scene of the And show. the guys are just watching them. Yeah, and it's just... <laughs> and also... The guys are watching them from afar. Also, can I say Chang ships it? Because Chang comes up to the guys, and he's, like, they're, they make a good pair, don't they? And they're, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, that's it. He does say, like, it's because they practice, but I'm like, mm, I think you were right and they make a good pair. We can leave it at that, Chang. <laughs> they, they didn't need to practice at that at all. Oh, jeez. They also, like, I don't think I've seen them practice the whole time. I think that they're just, they're good, they're good pairing. God, God they're guys. so in love. It's, love it. If you don't watch anything else, I highly recommend at least watching that final scene. It's really worth it, because I don't think we're even, I think we're underselling it. It's just, it's, 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 it's so wild. I can't believe. Me neither. Me neither. Every time I think we've outdone it with, like, the random lesbian content. We're, we're not trying. No! I mean, if someone had sent us this scene, I would have been like, yeah, we're doing this show. But, like, we were only going to do the pilot. We happened to watch more because I'm like, hey, I like Missy Peregram. We might not have even covered this if we didn't go far enough in. But, snapshots. But, wow. It's good. It's worth it. This whole show is worth it. I think every every episode, even though the Ray J stuff sucks... It's worth it. It really does. It's, it's not bad. It's just okay. Um, it's fun. But yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. I had a blast watching it. Yeah. Um, do you have any other notes? It's definitely not... <laughs> it's one of the easier watches we've had. Like, there's nothing really like, maddening in that, on, that, on that level besides yeah, Ray J, it, obviously. It's very fun. I think it's actually relatively straightforward, good plotting, and... I mean, honestly, people in the show care about each other, even Ray J to a degree. Like, they're all kind of, besides, like, you know, Nick and Rachel, I guess. But, like, they're all good people. Yeah. Some of the shows we've watched, people are assholes, and you have to deal with the fact that they're all being awful to each other. And you're supposed to pretend they're good people, too. And I always hate that. No. These guys clearly all come from good places. Like, even something like Trip could easily have been introduced to somebody with, like, a huge chip on his shoulder, and he's just not. He's just a nice guy. He's really, it's, it's Corey Sevier playing a puppy again. Yeah. And that's, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, strong recommend, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to plugs if we've got nothing else. Uh, well, I guess uh, find me on Twitter at LaFergs. Uh, pre-order my book, an encyclopedia of women's wrestling. Uh, I don't know. Give me a job. I don't know. Give, give me more jobs. I need more That's jobs. what I need. 
All right. And then, as always, I'm at Marie on Twitter. Uh, we will keep dropping new content. Keep an eye out for that. Probably some more accidental lesbian stuff coming out, I'm sure. Um, you can rate, subscribe. Is it really accidental? Is it ever really accidental? I mean, <laughs> accidental... I mean, in the sense that, like, uh, treasure trove, I guess you could call it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you can um, rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes, um, email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com, or uh, follow us on Twitter at thetelevoid. Um, in the meantime, thanks again for wandering into the Televoid, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.